Cool. Apparently. They both that. definitely know, sir. On the profile. Oh, they both do Thriller like Derby. Yeah. I'm going to stop starting your ex. I'm sorry. I didn't, realize, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was your ex when, you, when we started this conversation. The name just sounded familiar. Oh. So. What are they up to? Never mind. So I found out that apart from the people at this table and Max, we officially have a listener of the podcast. What? Yes. Hi, listener. So it is another friend of mine that's been coming up as the DM for our Pathfinder game. But Francesca has been listening. So shout out to Neil and Francesca, I guess. Oh, two biggest fans. Two biggest fans. I gave you guys a review. Oh, yeah. Seriously? How many stars do you have? It said, this is a Great podcast. Two stars. Two stars. This is fine. It's not my favorite actual podcast. This is a podcast. It will fill your ears with content. True, true, true. You will listen to some people play DD. First NPC is going to be named Neil. Last time, through a series of shenanigans, y'all boarded a ship at the behest of Zelifarn the Bronze Dragon. This ship, the ostentatiously adorned eye-catcher, presented more questions than answers as you spoke first to the captain, Tarwind Arihook, and learned the ship was part of a traveling circus fleet called the Sea Maiden's Fair. After a rousing performance by not just Chuck, but a group this time. Uh, Captain Harry Hook said you'd been invited to dine with the dashingly handsome and suggestively dressed Zardoz Zord, fleet captain of the Sea Maiden's Fair. This conversation was tense, lavish, and confusing. You mind Zord for information, while he did the same to you. You learn that Zord seems to operate something of a pleasure palace on the Eyecatcher, and his circus has lingered in Waterdeep over a month since the Day of Wonders, which they came here to participate in. You spoke of the Scarlet Marfano, a submersible attached to the Eyecatcher, and learned it is not functional, and Captain Zord lacks the funding to get it running. Before you left, Zord made a proposition. He admitted to knowing about the gang war raging in Waterdeep and the horde of dragons it's being fought over. He wishes to obtain this gold and present it to the Lord of the Open Lord of Waterdeep, Lairal Silver, as a gesture of diplomatic goodwill. He asks you to help him locate the gold in exchange for a cut. The more you asked, the less seemed to add up and you sailed away with many questions hanging in the air. First among them, will you help Captain Zord or not? You said you would get back to him with your answer before long, and that is still something you have yet to do. You brought your findings about the eye-catcher to Zelfarn, who gave you a treasure chest and one of his bronze scales as a reward. You contacted the Black Sabbath who urged caution moving forward with Captain Zord, citing your previous uh, forays into the unknown and the consequences that followed. 
Zabla, the shopkeep, came to troll Skull to follow up on his promise of reclaiming Chuck's purple loot, but he was rebuffed by Monsoir. Yeah. You discovered some loot, returned to the Thor's findings, did some trading, did some selling, Rumble received some contact from his mysterious uh, contact. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, series contacts in uh, Undermountain, and um, also went down to Zablov's shop where he sold an amulet and bought some knickknacks for himself, all in the guise of Ramble Manfoot. Um, <laughs> I got about Rambles. I forgot about Rambles. And bubbles, right? Yep. You got bubbles. You got a fun bubble pipe. You got a fun bubble pipe and a mirror that, when you look into it, reveals someone reveals the gazer's true face. Card. A card. Sorry, a tarot card. <clears throat> All right. He caught you. Yes. And using disguise. Didn't, yeah. Didn't seem upset about it, but uh, you sort of made something of a. An inroad with Zoblob saying that you didn't want to stand out amongst the crowd, and he uh, sympathized a little bit. It is evening on the 10th of Uktar as we begin. Tomorrow, the Carpenter's Guild is coming to your house to give you a quote on repairs. The hunt for a unicorn is well and truly on. The question of how to deal with a gold dragon or an axe still hangs in the air as you all start to. Turn your attention towards the Vault of Dragons, which requires three keys to gain access to. You got the Bronze Dragon Scale. You think you can find the Invisible Creature easily enough. You still need to find the Unicorn, and you still need to deal with the Gold Dragon that is on the other side of these doors. Evening approaches. What would you like to do? I'm going to say that at this point, you've all returned back to Trollstone Manor at around dusk. And uh, you can make a plan about what you want to do in the coming days. Uh, if anyone has something they want to do immediately, go for it. I would say that at this point, uh, businesses will be closing soon, so you can do business in the neighborhood, but going much farther than that would probably be difficult to find somewhere that's open. Um, you can also wait until tomorrow if you want to do something in one of the further away wards. So I turn it over to you. Is it well, the 10th of the 10 day? It is uh, the end of the 10 day. Right, it's the 10th. Yeah, so that makes uh, sense. Tomorrow will be the 11th. Watch your play. Great. Any important things happening on the 11th? Uh, yes, there is. Um, have my ten weekly performance. A week, a ten daily performance on the every ten on the first of the ten day. Um, so but was Zabla dealt with by the end of last session, or is that still? Zabla said he was going to come back okay, on the eleventh. I think I bought a new loot. You did buy a new loot. Uh, you currently have two loots in your possession. Right. Uh, the plan was that. What happened, Rumble went down, sold an amulet that he found in the treasure chest from Zelophon. That amulet yielded a pretty good return. Sure. Enough to buy a loot. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are now going to give a loot. So you basically got money for giving away your loot. Yeah. That's how you do deals. 
Um, but Zavalov isn't aware of that, and Zavalov is still going to come back to come good on his promise. Yeah. Um, if evening is approaching, Chapa is probably going to be uh, like preparing the soup kitchen for the evening. Um, so Chapa's going to make some some food. He's going to make some food for the soup kitchen. There should be some uh, minor clerics from the Temple of the Moon um, to come and help out. He's going to. Yeah, I'm going to say that over the course of the day. Uh, a couple representatives from the uh, House of the Moon show up to see whether you're going to be working today. You tell them that you will later on. Uh, they stick around and help you run things. One of them is also, at this point, sort of screening the line because of the incident where uh, your soup was almost poisoned. Uh, it seems they have been lent a, uh, a magic device that just can detect the presence of poisons so as they like welcome people to the soup kitchen, they are also making sure that there is no uh, like foul substances on anyone's person. And uh, you don't need to roll for this. The, the the soup kitchen can kind of proceed as normal. Um, is there anything that you want to do specifically while this is happening? Um, I want to ask the people who are coming to the soup kitchen, presumably from all over the city. I want to use this as an opportunity to ask them if they've seen a unicorn about a real, real or otherwise, and then try to gather some information. Absolutely. Um, Go ahead and roll a. Uh, I'm, you can you could either call this an investigation, a persuasion, or yeah, I would I would say it's probably charisma. Yeah, I would say investigation or persuasion. Or, or insight. I'll give you insight as well. Okay, insight. It will be some wisdom. Ooh, roll a four, so that's our ten total. Uh, most of the people who come to the soup kitchen are not uh, very wealthy. A lot of them are from the field ward, which is a particularly uh, impoverished area of the city. And a lot of them, when you ask if, if, if they've seen a unicorn, just sort of chortle, and they're like, what are you on about, thing? And yeah. they, just, they, they think that you're kind of making uh, humorous small talk. And a lot of them are like, yeah, I saw a unicorn last week. This week I'm hoping to see a gold dragon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you and me both, buddy. Um, nobody gives you a, a straightforward answer as to whether they've seen a unicorn, but you do see one fairly wizened woman come through uh, who says when you ask if she's seen a unicorn, says uh, oh, I've not seen a unicorn up close, but oh, I love looking through the bars at the shrines of nature. There's one lovely statue deep within that garden. Oh, a statue of a unicorn. Uh, where was that again? I would be most interested. Oh, I believe it was the Shrines of Nature. Or maybe it was the Hero's Garden. 
Or the city of the dead, perhaps. And as she starts to actually dwell on where this is, she starts to get confused. And with a 10 insight, it's hard for you to determine whether this statue is in one of three places. The city of the dead, the hero's garden, or the shrines of nature. Mm. We have that unicorn that's animatronic in the dark woods. From yeah. there's some like festival or robo Zor- Yeah, Captain Zord was riding one. Yes, during the festivals. You're starting to get uh, a bit of a, an idea of where different representations of unicorns could exist in this city. Mm-hmm. One thing that remains somewhat unclear is what exactly is meant by a unicorn being a key to this door? Um, does it mean that you need to have seen a unicorn? Does it mean that you need to bring a unicorn? Does it mean you need to be a living unicorn? Can it be a representation of one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, can I ask are, are there still the people from the the Temple of the Moon? Yeah, uh, there still are there? a couple of uh, acolytes. Okay. Can I One ask? One is helping Chopper, the other is at the mm-hmm. sort of beginning of the line, just holding this small rod and like greeting people. And you can see that the ball on the rod is glowing a sort of just faint white light. Um, you understand that were it to change colors, mm-hmm. uh, it might indicate the presence of a poison or a disease. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'd like to ask after Izzy Hammer to see if he's returned. Mm-hmm. You ask the person who's helping Chapa at the behind the behind stall, and uh, though she's busy, uh, she says. I know there's been no word from Silver Star Hammer for going on three days. Could I try cast casting sending? Would that work? Yes. Okay. Um, read the components of spend. Or who are you trying to cast it to? Izzy Hammer. Can you read uh, sending for me? Yeah, I think maybe I won't, but. I won't be able to. I send, a sort, I send a short message of 25 words or less to a creature with which you are familiar. So this might not work then. You haven't yeah. met you erroneous friends? Haven't met Silver Star is hammered yet. Mm-hmm. You've been told about him, uh, but you've yet to see him, you've yet to meet him. So if you want, you can try to cast the spell and see what happens. But you have a good enough understanding of your magic to know that this might not work and it might end up wasting a spell slot. Yeah, I think I'm gonna hold off. <laughs> um, but could I try to ask? I, I could I get a reminder of where he went? The crypts of the deepening moon. Okay. You know that this accolade when you ask that says that information's been kept from us. Uh, lower-ranking members of the church, for the most part. Um, I've heard rumors that he was gone on some sort of expedition mm. out beyond the city walls. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting, interesting. Can I, can I cast a history check on? Or do I know where this cast is? Cast a history check. Cast a history check. Um, you can, uh, history. History. Do you, are you proficient in history? Nar. I'm going to say that you can't. Okay. You could uh, research this some more if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could go to one of your friends who is proficient in history. Mm-hmm. And ask um, them. Chop. Chop, my friend. Are you well aware of the histories of the world? Oh, the histories of the world. No. Oh, <laughs> that's too bad. Never mind. I plus zero. Mm. Usually I'm very wise, but I've never been one, one much for book learning. You might want to speak to Yuri. Oh, thank you. Is Yuri in the house? Yuri has been uh, transcribing spells up in his turret most of the day, mm-hmm. and is now doing what? Um, probably home, um, but uh, after transcribing some spells, realized I need a couple of things. Oh yeah? Like an eyelash dipped in gum Arabic, and a small leather loop. So loop? I'm probably about small, to... A small leather loop. You, if it doesn't have a gold cost attached to it, I will say that these are things that you don't need to go shopping for. Yes. These are things that you can just through your own uh, wizardly wiles come up with. Heck yeah. Um, so you might, if you want to like role play that as like you're going around the neighborhood like <laughs> with an eyelash looking for some gum Arabic. <laughs> like, okay. I'm totally okay with that. Does anybody have any spirit gum? <laughs> Is there a spirit Halloween here? <laughs> But yeah. you can just most definitely uh, assume that you have those things. Perfect. But I am just home reading my spell book. Uh, so yeah, you can find Yuri up in his uh, turret reading from his spell book. I imagine that there's some like kind of new wave goth music playing, synth heavy, like. <laughs> Crystal cast. The black's almost out of my hair. We've had some time. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was a very short-lived <laughs> Well, once we got word that Julian was safe, I think Yuri's been like, He's okay. gonna, like, coming back. Yeah. yeah. If Julian was dead, I think he would have forever been a goth. Uh, yeah, I've got a whole lot of laughs here. Julian to see him this way. Speculum uh, Hello, Chuck. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, uh, I have a question for you. Uh, do you know anything about the, the shrines I'm sorry, no, the crypts of the deepening moon. Oh, history check. You can make a history check. A fucking natural one on my first rollback. Five. You, uh, you've not heard of the crypts of the deepening moon. This does not ring any bells for you. No, I've read a lot of things, Charcoal Barry, but uh, this one doesn't seem to ring any bells. Sorry. Darn. What, what's your interest in these, these crypts? Aronio's friend, according to the acolytes that we've spoken with at the Temple of the Moon, uh, said that he is there, or, mm. or a friend, a friend of Aronio's there, uh, but he's not returned, and I'm very, I mean, I'm concerned because any friend of Aronio is a friend of mine, but also I have Aronio's uh, mission that he gave me to complete and I will feel uneasy. I do not complete it and I'm wondering if it's 
this is something I should take into my own hands to try to figure out and possibly travel and research, depending on how far away it is. Well, if I can support you in any way, perhaps we can talk to Vajra or uh, Mer. I mean, that's good. Or I just I found anyone who knows about... I mean, I could go back to the Moon Temple, I guess. Well, I'll back you up for whatever you need, friend. Thanks, buddy. Mm. Okay. This dice keeps giving me ones. Uh, so the evening proceeds. Does anyone else have business that they want to do this evening before we advance the elective? Would it be too late to pay a visit to Vincent Trench? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. still have time to do neighborhood business? I'd like to uh, go ask him a couple questions about something I'm looking into. You uh, approach the tiger's eye and... Almost before you can knock on the door, the it just opens a crack. <laughs> Who goes? Oh, uh, uh, Vincent, it's uh, it's me, Rumble. Uh, like almost as you're like saying it's me, he's like Rumble, Rumble Underfoot. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Hello. Nice, nice to see you. Yes, likewise. Right back at you, friend. Um, listen, I'm... Uh, he opens the door as you talk more, and you see him in his, his fine pinstripe suit, just, uh, again, a cigarette between his fingers. He's listening. Uh, I take out my um, bubble pipe. <laughs> and I... Uh, and say, I see. Um, I'm puffing on my bubble pipe. Um, Vincent, uh, my... Um, you know, I, I came to these parts uh, looking uh, for some information um, when I ran into this party that you know I seem to be involved with now. Um, I, I I've caught word of um, some funny business with uh, House Lundolf. Um, see, there's some illicit trades going on down in um, the city below um, that me and my associates are. You're talking about other. I am talking about the Undermountain. Have you heard anything of perhaps traffickers, um, particularly? Well, we're looking into a ring, uh, a ring of uh, fur traders, you might say. Fur traders. Um, it's a shady business of trafficking uh, people the likes of me uh, to backseat. Um, little life going. <laughs> <laughs> I've caught word that this house looks. Mr. Underfoot, step into my home. Opens the door a little wider for you to come in. Do you enter? I do enter, yes. Uh, he closes the door behind you. As it is growing dusk, the house is very dark. And when he closes it for a moment, even as it's backseat with your eyes adjusting to the dark quickly, you can tell that he doesn't keep a lot of lights on. And you see him just sort of striding off through the dork back, tw- dork, dark door back towards his, uh, back towards his dimly lit office, where there is a fire crackling. Please, please, cool. make yourself comfortable. He sits next to a chair, or sits in a chair next to the fire. Great. Is there another chair? Yeah, there is. I sit in. Fur trade. Interesting. Tell me more. Uh, it, it's it's a ring of uh, criminal organization who takes young tabaxis from their homes, uh, enslaves them into captivity, brings them to the city, and 
It's a scourge on the city and my people. And um, the latest word uh, is House Lundolf. The nobles of House Lundolf might have some affiliation with this trade. And it's my obligation uh, to chase this lead to its end. Terrible story. It's quite correct. Because it's back to yourself. I see the connection. Your interest. What are you asking of me, Mr. Elliot? I'd like to get some information on House Lindolf. Um, we've had some recent run-ins with nobles. That makes me a little hesitant to get too close to the, the high and mighty ourselves. And I think... Uh, Reputable investigator, like the wrong music for this moment. (laughs) 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 Is a little better. Sorry, sorry. Well, our recent interactions have left me a little wary of uh, getting too close to the nobles myself, and I think a reputable investigator like you might have more luck uh, digging up some dirt. I see. I don't work for free, Mr. Underfoot, but um, certain jobs I might take uh, take on pro bono to start, see what I turn up. Mm. This job interests me. I know a very little amount about the Lundolf family. Being uh, nobles, I am vaguely aware but, um, to be honest, they weren't fully on my radar, so the fact that you bring this up, it has piqued my curiosity. Hmm, very well. Tied into the Undercity, you say? Yes, it would seem that way. Uh, it would seem they have some fingers and some pies, and, uh, I can promise that this would be I'm picturing that like Freya keeps keep sneaking into the back of this scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yuri probably would send her to spy on Rumble. <laughs> exactly. I don't trust yeah, that. It was my understanding that the Lundolfs deal mainly in exports of grain and ale and spirits, things that can be found readily from the Undercliff region. Sure. You saying that they might be dealing in the fur trade connected to Cholt, was it? Cholt. Cholt is, Cholt is where my people hail from originally, and the grain trading company seems like a very unsuspecting cover for some shady business. Interesting. As I said, my network is not built up as strongly in the Undercity, but I do have people down there, ways of getting information. It might take a little longer than normal, but check back in with me middle of the ten day. I should have something. Very well. I, uh, I have faith in your abilities, and I um, appreciate you. Of course. You see, at this point, he's already sort of lost in thought, gazing into the fire, just smoking casually like lighting a second cigarette so we can like seamlessly just like flick one into the fire and continue with the other classic Vincent. He doesn't see you out. He's just sort of sitting there thinking. He doesn't, neither does he uh, kick you out. So do you do anything? Do you stay there? 
Um, yeah, I think I'll put snuff my pipe out. Although I don't think it requires being lit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good talk, Vincent. I'll uh, talk to you in a few days. Right, Doesn't well, respond. He's just thinking and smoking. Sure. I think I wait there for a second looking at him. They didn't say anything. And I leave. Yeah. Did you say the fur ring? Fur trade. Fur trading ring. Fur. But that's really slang for... Tabaxi trade. Tabaxi trafficking. Mm. Um, so he said to check in with you middle of the 10 day. It is the cool. 10th. So sometime between the 14th and the 16th. Great. Cool. I go back to Joel's call. Okay. Anyone else have business this evening? Chuck. Can I go to the Widow's Walk? Um, is it closed? You can go to the Widow's Walk. It's a nightclub. Stays open. Great. Uh, you make your way down there. It is at this point dark. Yeah. The streets are starting to get quiet. There's a ferocious wind howling through the streets of Waterdeep. But you arrive and you see Gatane out on her stool. This time she's wrapped in a more uh, like leather, patent leather duster that goes like right down to her ankles. Nice. Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Again. Oh, me again. You're welcome. <laughs> May I see Mistress Pink? Make a persuasion check. Gladly. Twenty-one. Do you have business with the mistress? Yes, I have something. Well, she does not know that I'm coming, but I would like. So to- no. Well, mm, <laughs> she is not aware that I'm here, but I would like to pay her a visit to discuss my contract. Mm-hmm. One moment. You see, I make, she disappears yeah. into the club, and uh, do you do anything while she's gone? Eh, take out my uh, dagger, and I kind of like flip it up and down, like just like practicing, not realizing that it looks a little, uh... A know, couple people pers- approach per- like the uh, widow's walk. Uh, it seems like there's a small group of friends who are coming and they see you just outside flipping a dagger and they sort of slow down. Good evening. Are you, are you the bouncer tonight or... Uh, or Skitane? is, uh... She, she, she'll be right back, but perhaps I can help you. Oh, we're just we're just here to we're 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 just. Would you like to, to see a show? And I take out. Look at each other. I get. I, okay, here we go. And I take out my uh, and I start doing like knife juggling. I try. I try a performance it. check. Yeah. I really hope I fail this. <laughs> Stupid performance modifier. Yeah. (laughs) That's so very good. You started to do a very able dagger juggling routine. Mm -hmm. And at first they're just sort of like, who is this guy just juggling daggers? Uh, But after a moment, you do a few like very tricky flourishes. (laughs) 
Ow. <laughs> Sorry, Marcus, just like dive bombs in traffic. Uh, at one point, you uh, make it seem as though you've been stabbed through the hand by one of the daggers when you catch it, but it was all just a ruse and you sort of flip it around. So, what? They're begging to be fed lunch. Did you get them? No. But you, you kind of get them on the hook, and uh, it's not until you've like finished your routine that they sort of like give a small applause and you realize that Yatain has returned and is sitting on the stool. Is it just like 24 7 you always, always on? Do you want to find my off button? <laughs> we'll see. And no, I do not. You're lost. Okay. <laughs> you uh, walk in through the club, the two half orc bouncers that always guard the stairwell up uh-huh. to her office see you and just sort of wordlessly step aside. Uh, you make your way up and you find yourself in the office of For My Pink. She is in her high-backed chair, not facing you, but looking out over the uh, the floor of her club, which at this early hour of the night is relatively empty. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, you have a problem with your contract? What? No, that was just a sneaky thing to get in to see you. I have a question. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> Do you know how to get in contact with Izzy Hammer? He, he, he works for the House of the Moon. Go and ask for him. I tried. He has been missing. Or he went on a... <clears throat> A quest of some kind and has not returned. And she turns now in the chair and looks at you, furrow in her brows, smoking from her cigarette holder. Wow, we're, we're visiting all of the smokers tonight. <laughs> Great, love it. But she stubs hers out, a little concerned about the health implications of smoking. <laughs> He's miss. I mean, the thing is, I I don't know. He he went off on some quest to the the crypts of the deepening moon. I have no idea where that is, and yeah, no one else seems to. He's some sort of warrior for God. Uh, he turned over his whole, you know. He turned over a whole new leaf, found saloon, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he was so was a big guy. Mm. Uh, so he's on one of his missions. What's well? They haven't had any word from him. And I, you know, the way that I gave you a, a gift from Romeo, I have a gift for Izzy as well, and would like to complete this. Uh, a brooch? Brooch. I take it out and I show it to her. Exactly. Like, just like that. Famous <laughs> demand. Um. Momento. This is much better brooch music. Yeah. So you pull out this uh, this brooch. It is silver with a blue gemstone set into the center of it. It sort of is stylized to look like a full moon, and there's a gentle blue glow that emanates from it. Um, you you present it to her, and she says, "Wow, that's." Um, 
would guess that that's magical. Or really? Gave this to you? To give to Izzy? He left it for me. Well, let's find out. Can I cast Detect Magic on it? Absolutely. Okay. Um. Yeah, I cast Detect Magic. Um, to... Oh yeah, but I have to concentrate, so I'm gonna go... Excuse me, Mistress Pink, please be quiet. (laughs) No, I said please... Just like, you know, like hand buried in her palm as you <laughs> identify magic on this. It does indeed give, indeed give off a magical signature. Nice. You pick up both illusory and abjurative magical schools emanating off of this. There's illusion and abjuration magic present within this. Oh, well, I don't know why I didn't do this before. Hmm. Maybe I could go see a person about this. I don't really know what it does or how it works. I mean, it it looks like it could be some sort of relic of Saloon. It's got moon imagery on it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And if Izzy works for Saloon, maybe it has some significance to him or the church. Quite interesting. Quite interesting. Okay. Hmm. So you. this was it. This, you just wanted to come up here and talk about Izzy? Uh, quite. Quite right. <laughs> um, well, roll an insight check. Uh, eight. Uh, she seemed a little perturbed. Yeah. That's fair. Chuck's well, really avoiding. It's been uh, it's been great great talking to you. Um, like I said, I'll be in touch about when you can perform here next. Uh, the right opportunity hasn't presented itself to me yet. Mm-hmm. But um, Chuckleberry, it's not really your specialty, is it? Uh, no, it is not. Thank you. <laughs> I guess if you're going to be a headliner here, I should just get used to it. Um, <laughs> the real diva. I, uh, I'll be keeping an eye on you. Thank seeing you. Seeing whether you have any other venues in the area in the days to come. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. If there's nothing else... Uh, you can see yourself out. I have work to do. And she gestures to, like, piles of paperwork on mm-hmm. her desk. My fair maiden. I most graciously... Okay, none of that. No, I'm not a fair maiden. Mm. Goodbye. My fair matron. <laughs> She's just, like, giving you, like, giving you nothing from this. Pretty sure nobody ever wants to get called matron. <laughs> Yeah, As somebody out. who's technically a matron of honor in an upcoming wedding. <laughs> Does matron of honor just mean that you're already married? married. Yeah. No maid is she. Uh, <laughs> 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 nice. 
Big oof. We're going to move <laughs> on to this. <laughs> and uh, is there anything else you wanted to do as you're leaving the Widow's Walk, or what is your plan after leaving? I'm just going to go home, but on the way, can I cast um, my cantrip True Strike at Katin? Would she notice? What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's Wait, magic. True Strike's not a cantrip? Yeah, it is. True Strike is, you're thinking of maybe, uh, uh, I think it's Could I do it from behind her? What's it do? Do you want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. I point a finger at a target in range. It's 30 foot range. Your magic grants you a brief insight into the target's defenses. On your next turn, you gain advantage on your first attack roll against the target, provided that the spell hasn't ended. I just want to know more about her. Yeah, I just thought that was... So, uh... But from from behind. You do it from behind um, as you're leaving? Um, yeah, it's it's just concentration. So before... As I'm... No, 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 no. Before I leave the... Oh, in my mind, the door is open to the club. Is that not true? It's it's like a... It's it's not open. She sits Mm. outside of the door and on a stool, usually. And it's like a push door. It's not like you turn a knob or anything like that. But uh, it does. The door does need to be opened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait. Are you going to attack her though? No. True strike is. Does it have to be an attack? It's a targeted spell. When you target someone with a spell, so most attack. times, unless the magic delineates it, they're aware. Mm-hmm. And depending on the person, depending on the situation, they might take offense to it. They might. Read it as a show of aggression. Maybe I won't do this. And also the spell does say the first attack roll. Yeah, it is a combat, combat, like, use I'm all for this if you want to do this. I want to do it. Why not? All right, so you cast two strike. Can you just once again tell me what this gives you? Okay. Um, It's just like... (laughs) It grants me a brief insight into the target's defenses. So that means on my next turn that I just gain advantage on the next attack roll. And I'm hoping that I can, like, use this in a role-playing situation to just, like... Yeah, what's your goal here? Learn more about her weaknesses, because she's so guarded. Uh, I'm going to say make a... <laughs> make an intelligence saving throw. Oh, that's fair. Okay. 14. All right. So a few things happen. Oh. <laughs> Just curious. That was um, one of the most <clears throat> threatening things a DM can say. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's fine. You cast this spell. And with a 14, you learn that with this duster on, um, though it doesn't really... Though, though it's like, I could go, like real look, it's like kind of highly fashionable. Um, there is some, like, armor purposes, not just to the duster, but to what she wears underneath. It's, like, highly cured leather. Um, and as I've said in the past, she has a lot of, like, daggers strapped to her. Um, so she's absolutely not fucking around. And, uh, she's also a, um, a tiefling. Yeah. Uh, someone who is inherently just through the nature of being linked somehow to uh, a fiendish origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cast a spell, and before you can even like register that she has moved, uh-oh. you look down, what's your armor class? 15. Uh, 
you feel before you can register that she's even moved, you just feel like a gust of breeze against your torso in a sort of weird way. And you look down and there's a tear in your shirt. And behind you, quivering in the door, is a dagger that has missed you by a hair. And she just, without even turning, says, don't do that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> don't do. What? Okay, sorry. I uh, just want to get to know you more, you know? I'm just curious. What makes you think? And as, <laughs> as you say that, she sort of, without even looking, just leans back. Mm-hmm. And her fingertips gently graze against you as she goes back in a somewhat suggestive manner before she grasps the dagger and rips it out of the door. Mm-hmm. People casting spells on me behind my back makes me think. And puts it back in the hilt. I feel like a cartoon bulb. <laughs> doesn't look at you. Doesn't look at the dagger. Knows exactly where it like landed without even having to look. Yeah. <clears throat> Too scary. <laughs> well, my uh, my my greatest apologies. I at this point there's a line it. building outside of the widow's walk. People have seen this. And you can see that the people in line who, some of them were like a little bit drunk and a little bit rowdy, like the line's gone deadly quiet. And Gatane just like puts a finger up and goes like this to the next person in line who like shuffles up, like uh, like visibly shaking. Mm-hmm. And she like asks him for the, uh, for the cover fee. And like, like his hands come out like shaking, like as he like hands over the gold and like drops one of the coins and like gets it, and, like mm-hmm. he hands it over to her and like rushes into the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. But you go back to Trollstall Manor. Yep, that's it. So Chuck returns. Uh, do me a favor. As you are walking back, roll a perception check for me. Moi. You. Six. You make it back to Trollstone Manor. Um, you see streets are uh, streets are quiet. It's not super late, but it is starting to get late. It takes a while to walk down and walk back. It's very chilly and frigid out. Mm. Um, the temperatures have been dropping significantly as the week has gone on. You had snow earlier in the week, right? Uh, in the ten day rather, and uh, you get back to uh, Trollstone Manor, and uh, you see. Some of the lights are on in the house still. Uh, you see the, the broken windows that remain, and maybe think to yourself, thank God that carpenter is coming tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unless there's something else people want to do this evening, we will advance to the 11th, and everyone can take a long rest. And I am going to go across the back and get the water. I was really afraid I was just about to get kidnapped. What do we, as a group, That's want to scary do next? We a long rest. We've got a lot to do, don't we? Well, we have to see the dragon. That was cool. Um, Very cool. Think, yeah, t- talk about what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm putting for uh, what are our other Calvin's context mm. picture of Micah Pink in the character art Discord. 
True, true, current true. quests, um, I mean, the main thing is definitely finding a unicorn. Finding the unicorn. Mm-hmm. So I feel we like can track down the leads that we have so far. Mm-hmm. Um, those three places Chop found out about. Um, I also thought that we could try to pull a favor with the Dung Sweepers Guild because we know that they have access to a lot of information about lots of different parts of the city. So if we can, like, even just stop by and talk to Marty Christel and say, like, hey, you owe us one. Right. Get, like, talk to all your Dung Sweepers and let them know we're looking for any representation or rumors about a unicorn in the city. Okay. Just don't worry about why. We want to know. And then just see if anything comes from that. I'm trying to decipher Jack's actions with the fact that we need a unicorn and when the first thing he ever told me on our first day of D&D that seems like a good thing was that Yuri was only all he remembers is a unicorn in the dark woods. So I feel like is there a tie C-word. between the C word? Thank you. Is there a tie between Unicorn Yuri saw when he first got here, mm-hmm. the portal to the Fey Wilds? No. And I think that is worth trying to track down. So maybe yeah. we, since we know about, so we have four leads on Unicorn so far. Maybe on the eleventh, we start off going to the three locations that we know the specific location of, mm-hmm. and just seeing what's there. And then we go to the sea ward and like search it and ask people in the sea ward and like investigate the sea ward for the portal and the unicorn there. I could. And then we go to truck shop. Um, I mean, okay. Something can go through multiple planes of dimension, right? Yes. I could contact Aronio in the Feywild. Presumably. For maybe. They can try to. And see. If he will just fucking tell me where the portal is. Right. It's been pre- it's supposed to be pretty much like in Aaron. Yeah. As long as like a god doesn't get involved, which apparently is what happened with Julian. There's a five percent chance that when you send across planes, right. uh the the message uh, doesn't make it. Right. But it does seem like well, there was some percent chance. What's that? Well, it's 95% chance we'll make it. Yeah. What I'm, what's going to happen is I'm going to, when you do it, roll some dice. Right. And uh, if if I roll between a 96 and a 100, the message does not make it. Okay. But I'm not going to... Well, it'll come out in the roll play. Right? I love it. Roll with each one. Anything but one. Math exists. I'm bad at it. That's true. There's a weird question for you. Does math exist, or is it a oh, no. language that humans have invented to describe phenomenon which they observe? But is math real by itself? I don't know. Me neither. I don't know. And people way smarter than I am. Is there also you are keeping on your radar as this day moves forward? Or are you kind of with the group right now? I think I'm kind of with the group right now. Okay. Wow. The spell Alter Self is so cool. It's just like Disguise Self, but you can do more shit. You can't be as easily like found. Well, you can like adapt your body so like I could use it to breathe underwater and like give myself gills. 
That's really cool. Isn't that crazy? Goddamn magic. Fucking magic. Magic. It's oh, pretty wild. I brought it's my card spells today, my spell cards. I should actually use oh, them. Yes, yes, yes. That way I can keep track of all my things that I need to do. Those are, if I ever become a D&D, a, D&D, a DM who has like all the money and all the time and space, right. mm-hmm. I'm going to have cards, cards and minis. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have all that shit. Um, Jack, also later, I want to talk to you more about like what it's like to write your own campaign. Okay. Well, I'm just curious and maybe I want to do it. Yeah. Just, I like, would love talking about Just like a pet project. That is like my favorite thing to talk about. Okay. <laughs> I would love to talk about that. That's- that sounds awesome. We need a behind the <laughs> behind the game behind the screen. Yeah. yeah, like uh, after the what, whatever they do that like Breaking Bad or yeah, yeah, the zombie one, the post show. Yeah, exactly. Um, when Calvin gets back, we're gonna jump back in. Uh, can you give me an idea of? of I, I heard you say you had some things you wanted to do. Uh, can you give me an idea what those are? As we get oh, back, like, I, do you want to do any longer? Yeah, I thought you were going for that, sorry. Um, I heard some of it, but I was also thinking about my own stuff. So I think the plan is to go to those three locations that Chopin got a lead on there being a unicorn statue. Okay. And just see if there's anything interesting or noteworthy to learn at those places, which probably won't take too long. Like, we'll have to get around to the city, but... Um, you know, you could probably make us a, a unicorn statue. Who? Is our nimble right friend. Mm-hmm. Nim. Uh, Nim. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if those if are we're pumpkin. going, like, the inanimate unicorn. Right. right. But at least in terms of following up the leads that we currently have, we're going to try to go those three in the most reasonable route possible. And then, assuming that we don't find... Something that obviously is a unicorn key that we can take without consequence. We go to the sea ward and try to search there and ask people there about, like, trying to find the portal and the unicorn that Yuri saw when he first came to Waterdeep. And then that's our main plan for the day other than Chuckster. The sun rises. On a blustery late fall day in Waterdeep, the wind continues to howl through your dilapidated home. And uh, as you all wake and start to move about Trollskull, there are three resolute knocks on the door. So the carpenters are coming today. Um... Chapa is up and making breakfast, uh, so he will go and open the door. You open the door, and at first you think no one is there, until your eyes look down and oh. rest upon the familiar face of Zabla, oh. standing there by himself. Did not come this time with a gang of Xanathar's guild members, but is very terse and looks up at you, Chapa Barry Finn. Oh, yes, of course. I'll get him. Come in. Uh, Zablob takes a step into the Troll Skull Manor and looks around. Nice plastic guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like a 
pane of glass falls and shatters. <laughs> no. is like, uh, thanks. Carpenters are coming today, actually. Uh, would you like a muffin? <laughs> no, I'm here on business. Oh, yes. Well, both, of course. Bang, bang, would you go grab a uh, chalk, please? I mean, bang, bang sleeps in the kitchen, so. <laughs> so you're there. Fine. <laughs> bang Bang is getting sassy. <laughs> angsty, angsty. Um, you, you know what? Never mind. I'll go get Chuck. Uh, you stay here with our guest. And Chuck will go upstairs. I hear them talk to each other. So, uh... You're like, um... You're like a nimble, right? Are you, you talking everything? Yes. Oh. Well... So. <laughs> you're, uh, you're unknown. Yeah. You're yeah. very purple. Why so purple? I just think it's a uh, beautiful color. Mm. <laughs> mm. Why so wooden, you know? <laughs> uh, it seems that you choose the purple. I did not choose the wood precisely. Except yeah, you're telling me you didn't choose that fish line? The fish is... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a personal item, it's true. We all make our own choices in life, you know. What can I say? I've chosen to live a purple life. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was green. I would, <laughs> I would listen to two hours of... Bang bang, Zob Lob Improv. It's right there. It was how long it takes to rouse Chuck. This conversation continues. <laughs> yeah, and it takes a while for Choppa to get to the top of the stairs because Choppa lives yeah. in the attic. In the attic. And Choppa is like. It, yeah, you've got to hoof your way up there. He's out of breath. Make a constitution like, check. He barely fits. Make an athletics check for me. With his shell, he barely fits uh, through some of the little doorways and passages in this old building. Um, about 12. So it doesn't take forever. Chuck! Oh, thank God. Okay. Oh, good Chuck. morning. Oh, uh. Chuck, there's, uh, there is here already. So, uh, did you get the. Are you ready? He's here. I put on my sunglasses, I say. Let's do this. <laughs> you go downstairs and you walk in on You go first. I'll be I'm... down in a minute. I'm gonna cast. I'm gonna cast dancing lights. So Bobby's behind me, who is my humanoid light creature that you can have with dancing lights. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'll read the spell. This dancing light creature has shown up before in Monsois' uh, performances. Um, I take out a little <laughs> summoned a little translucent yeah. light figure and then whipped it on stage as part of Monsois' mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. So I take out a little bit of witchwood, and it starts to kind of like faintly glow, and I say, "Bobby awakened," and this like kind of comes out, and then I say, "Bobby, let's conga," and I want to conga while playing <laughs> on my loop all the way from the top. So big, big. Oh, uh, the conga is coming! About Do you want the conga? About three seconds before you actually arrive. You have to each other's butts. What? Conga? Big, conga. Can I know? I'm here on business. I'm here on, I'm here on business. And leave. Chuckleberry Finn knows about this. I was here yesterday. 
You see Zoblob standing there, uh, sort of flat expression. Um, Mr. Fan, do you have a loop? And this is this is I do and I do spiral spin 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 take out the loot on one knee go da. He grabs it by the neck and says, "I wish I could say it was a pleasure doing business with you, but thank you." And he gives a smack on the butt. As he as he leaves, you give him a smack on the butt. Roll a uh, roll a persuasion check with disadvantage. Okay. <laughs> uh, 17 He pauses for a second in the threshold Or just sort of shaking his head And you hear a little oh, Crazy ciders And walks out uh, With the loot And uh, seems satisfied Great uh, You have repaid Zoblog A uh, deal that was made Long ago, at the very beginning of this yeah. campaign, a circle of stars. Why? Why did you do that deal with As for info on the Xanathar Guild, as Zoblob is leaving, you see a sort of clean-cut human male uh, mm-hmm. pass by him, coming up the the walk towards the front door. Uh, who sees him? This purple-haired old gnome walking with a loot over his shoulder, and just sort of. Furrows his brows for a second before walking up onto the porch, seeing the door open, sees you all gathered, sees the glowing light person, and says, uh, Do I have the right place? Is this the Troll Skull Manor? Starts like looking around for a sign. Yes, that's right. I'm, uh, I'm a representative from the Carpenters Guild. What's left of it? Wonderful. Uh, yes, well, as you can see, uh, we're in a bit of a need. Of your services. Yeah, I could say that. Uh, this place looks pretty rough. Well, we would like um, you to make an estimate of what it would take to do the requisite work to turn this into a functional tavern. Uh, as well as refurbish the upstairs. Over the course of the next half hour, this man starts walking around. He gets out a small uh, notepad and starts taking notes. He has a uh, tape measure with him, starts measuring windows measuring walls, uh, is, does like pretty, I'm going to say, it probably takes more of an hour because it's three floors, but um, goes through the whole house. Um, you kind of have an hour to, you know, putz around and do your morning routines. And when he's done, he approaches you and says, uh, well, um, it's got good bones. I'll say that. But uh, definitely in need of some... Uh, some repairs to the windows for sure. I mean, half the windows down here are broken. Uh, but you knew that. Yeah, there was a, uh, we were ambushed, and there was an explosion. Uh, it, it's been a... Yeah, I some, some light fire damage to the exterior. We can, uh, probably take care of that easily. No, we were going paint. Um, there's some more, uh, you know, the, the walls will probably need to be refinished. Uh, I did a little looking at the foundations. They seem mostly okay. There's a few cracks. I'd probably have my guys lift up a few portions of the house just to reinforce that. Uh, all told, this looks like a, a two-week job. Uh, I could probably get it done for 500 gold dragons. And uh, my team can start 
uh, beginning of next 10 days, so that's the 21st. Uh, can I roll just to like give them the the once over just to make sure we're getting like the real info as far as contractors go, you know? Yeah, make a uh, are you like looking at his person and trying to read his intent? I'm trying to read his intent. Make an insight check. Roll the 19. 25. Yeah, he uh, the the paper that he's carrying, that notepad that I said, it it is like an official Carpenter's Guild. You see like a stamp on the front of it that seems very official. Uh, he is wearing a uniform that is, uh, you, you kind of are putting it together like, oh, I've seen a few people working on houses around the city as I've gone about. They're all wearing these similar uniforms. Uh, he seems to be a legit Carpenter's Guild. Uh, they are a reputable uh as, as far as you are aware, like the, the way that this city works is there are subcontractors who are all um, part of the Carpenters Guild, and they, the prices for their work are set by the Carpenters Guild. So if you're working with the Carpenters Guild, uh, you're pretty assured of getting a like market price on things. So if he says 500 gold dragons, it's, it's going to be 500 gold dragons, or you're going to have to find someone who's not a guild member and then do a lot of shady dealing to get this place finished without running afoul of the guild. Yeah, no, sir. Um, well, you've got mm-hmm. yourself a deal. Uh, how is paperwork? Completion? Uh, uh, we do require a deposit of 250 gold pieces to start work. Um, you can pay that on the first day when we arrive, although we do appreciate being paid in advance so my guys don't have to show up here and lose a day of working if you can't put the, the, the gold up. Mm. But uh, if you say that you're good for it, um, I will collect that on the 21st, but we uh, we don't start working until uh, until we get that gold. Oh, um, not a problem at all. Uh, would you prefer it now or on the 21st? Always prefer it now. Oh, well, wait here. Okay. You could also, if you don't have it on your person now, bring it to the North Ward Carpenters Guild post uh, to, uh, to pay any time between now and start. No, 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 no. I'll save myself an errand. Wait here. Well, uh, uh, would you like a muffin? Some tea? No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I appreciate the offer, but uh, I already had breakfast. Okay. Um, and he's going to go upstairs to retrieve from the party loot 250 gold, which I am marking now. So you pay him, and uh, as he's leaving, he sort of rips off the quote that he had come up with on his pad of paper. Uh, my name's Neil. You can uh, use my name at the Carpenter's Guild if you have any other questions about the job or if you need anything changed or you need the job to be delayed. We do ask that you give us some notice if that's the case. Otherwise, uh, I will see you in a 10 day. Uh, your name was? Oh, Chapa. A pleasure to meet you, Neil. Pleasure to meet you too, Mr. Chapa. Uh, look forward to working on this. Uh, I have to say, it's a, it's a fine house. Could certainly use some love, but we're going to get this place looking, looking right. Uh, I look forward to it. Uh, and Neil, the representative from the Carpenter's Guild, leaves. So, fun fact about the real Neil, his initials are NPC. Really? Oh. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, what's the P and the C? Well, I'm not gonna... 
just out him. Oh. I'm not going to dox yeah, him. We don't want to do that in this, uh, in this podcast. We don't just use people's full names. Definitely one time Nico did say his like pin number or something. Oh, I did give you my social security. I'm pretty sure I cut that out, but... I'm not afraid. So, uh, after those two quick morning appointments, you have the rest of the day. It's probably around 10 a.m. on uh, the 11th of Ukshar. You had some things that you wanted to get done. What would you like to do first? Unless anybody has something else specific, Chapa is going to give his special daily breakfast treats, which I've been saying our moments today, to um, uh, Yuri and Chuck. Nice. Breakfast treats. Uh, yeah, take that Oh, room. I can make three now. I'm going to give one to Rorable uh, also. What are, what are temp hit points? Um, you get three temporary hit points. Oh, so right after I eat your breakfast treat, I look down at Freya and I say, Freya, go say thank you. And then she walks over to you and boops you on the nose and gives you a gift. Ooh, thank you. So same it's gift as last hard. time. <laughs> Roll a little dice and you can use that on yourself or on someone else before the next day. Good nice green metal die. I heard ice cream level die. I will say. Ten. So I can choose any D twenty to roll a ten. Mm-hmm. On someone else either. It's like so Freya an exact average. Oh. oh, I ha- I feel I have the ability to do something perfectly average today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the treat, Chalpa. Three mm, temporary blueberries. <laughs> what what is, what do you call these? Uh, muffins. Muffins. <laughs> yes. Fascinating. Yes. It's, um, you see, the key is the heat of the oven. <laughs> just right. And don't overwork it. Yes, of course. You overstir the batter. It will be stodgy. Anyway, I thought we all might want to go investigate those sites where there might be a unicorn statue yes. and then the seawater. Everybody down? I would like to do that. Um, do we know where any of those places that the... The shrine of Nature, the Heroes Garden, City of the Dead. We don't City of the Dead. can roll a history check. City of the Dead is just a like City of the Dead is essentially a ward. This is like equivalent to uh, Central Park or Prospect Park. Uh, Nat 20. Nat 20. I've only got a 1 and 12 so far. 12, 16, 16. So that actually uh, makes a lot of sense story-wise. You being from Undercity aren't as familiar with places above ground, but you all who have read Volos, not yeah, Volos and Caridian to Waterdeep recognize all of those places. The City of the Dead is the most recognizable. It is equal parts uh, public green space and park and uh, cemetery. Although, just to think of it as a cemetery is sort of a disservice to the artistry of both the landscape and the stonework of some of the statues that are uh, positioned around the City of the Dead, it's a very, very large green space. So you know that, first of all, to go there and look for one statue, this place is a statue garden. So to go through there and look for a specific statue... um, 
unless you're getting help or guidance from somebody who either works there or uh, is familiar with it, it can take a while to find. Um, but it certainly, certainly could hold a statue of a unicorn or several, hard to say. Um, the Hero's Garden, give me one moment. <laughs> I have a book right here, it's faster. Garden is in the Sea Ward. Um, it is. Just want to make sure I don't contradict myself in the future, so I'm going to double check. I will say that you both, you know that both the Heroes Garden and the Shrines of Nature are located in the Sea Ward. Okay. Oh, convenient. Um, the Heroes Garden is the only green space in the city that is open to the public besides the City of the Dead. So the City of the Dead and the Heroes Garden are both open to the public. The Heroes Garden is tucked away so far to the north in the Sea Ward that it gets very few visitors. Which is a pity, since the fine statuary in the slush garden portrays many of the figures important to the city's history. So this is a garden that specifically portrays mostly historical figures in Waterdeep, um, previous open lords, heroes of the city, politicians of renown, that sort of thing. Um, the, uh, the shrines of nature are just a block away from the Tower of Luck, there are resplendent gardens dedicated to the nature gods Mieliki and Sylvanus. Uh, the park is closed to all except residents of the Sea Ward. Yet, from beyond the iron fence that surrounds it, you can catch glimpses of the superb shrines, statues, and fountains within. Hmm. Huh. What so says? What? Is there like a gate? Like yeah, there's an iron gate around it, and it is a private, a private garden shrine area that is open to residents of the Sea Ward, their guests, and uh, other people who would have a reason to be there. Other people who have this access. Protected by magic. Program. Uh, it. What do you mean? What's your like? If one were to be invisible, could you break in? Uh. There's one way to find out. True. That, what did you roll the natural 20? Mm -hmm. Is it like protected by magic at all? Would we know With a natural 20, I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a, because you, you know, only because you rolled a natural 20. I'm going to say that at one point or another in your time in Waterdeep, you've actually wandered by the shrines of nature and uh, you've seen the, like, you can recall it in your memory now, you know, starting to link things up and say, oh, yeah, I've seen that place. Uh, does not seem like it's guarded by magic. It seems like it is just closed to the public. But there's no uh, indication that it is guarded by magical means. 
there's just a high, like 12 foot high iron fence that encircles it. Cool, cool, cool. We could definitely get passes. Oh yeah, we could get through. Yeah, or something. Do we, do we know anyone who is in the sea ward? Well, regardless, I think perhaps you do. Uh, the did Bonnie move to the sea ward? Bonnie does not live in the sea ward, but Mert does. Mert lives in the sea ward. Yes, he. Oh yes, you know now I think someone, some, some voice in my head is reminding me that Mert lives in the sea ward. Well, I think uh, perhaps we should start with the hero's garden and investigate there. I, I will say the woman who, uh, Yuri. No, you. Yes, I thought you should give me the leads. Yes. Didn't she say uh, shrines of nature first? And then kind of fumbled and couldn't remember. Well, that um, leads me to believe that maybe we should check there first, but... I think we can check both, and why not do the easy one first? Right. That makes sense. And if it works, so much the better. Perfect. Okay. Here we'll start with that. Um, yeah, so let's head there. You go to the Hero's Garden. Uh, it takes you about a little bit of a half hour to get there. And uh, go ahead and roll an investigation <laughs> check for you. Uh, this can be a. Uh, everyone, is everyone going? Oh, yeah. Uh, let's roll a group investigation check. So everyone's going to roll. Uh, the DC for this is 15. If three of you at least roll over 15, it just considers a success. Investo, you said? Investo. Go, go. So I'm going to just go around in circle. Yeah. 21. 21. 21. Uh, 14. Five. Hey. So three, <laughs> three resounding successes. Choppa and uh, Rumble spend a lot of time <laughs> looking at a statue of a previous centaur politician and asking themselves, could this be a unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, okay, but Rumble, here's what I'm saying. Though. Think about it. Horse body. Check. Right? And then, like, it's one a no- horn, not one horny man coming out of mm-hmm. the curious thing is the, the centaur is wearing a helmet that does have right, one exactly. little spike on top of it. And sort of like, say, that's not a unicorn. Like, I don't know As how to The rest of you quickly <laughs> start. Well, I know it's not a unicorn, but we don't know how specific the Vault of Dragons is. It could be one of those saying. things where it's like a bowl of fruit, but then you look at it from further back. Right? 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 Yes. What? Like an illusion. An illusion? Yes. An illusion. Right. In you any case, all of these statues are large. Um, this centaur is easily, like, the base of it alone probably weighs several tons. And then the the centaur standing on top of it is, uh, like, like on a a scale, like, a third bigger than a normal centaur would be. And that is the case for most of the statues in here. Most of the other ones portray humanoids. There's a lot of humans. There's a lot of dwarves. There's a fair amount of half-elves, some elves, but it is mostly uh, people of renown within Waterdeep. There are some, like, staged scenes of particularly historic moments where you see, like, a group of people come together to observe, like, the signing of a document or something like that. But for the most part, these... Are there any Munchoon-related statues? Mm, vibes. Vibes. Munchoon. Munchoon. 
with a 21. Give me one second. Do we know what Manchun looks like? What would it say? Would it have a little... The portrait in the tower? Was that Manchun? That was my question. Was the tower the Rex Tower where we found the Stone of Glory? Was that portrait of portrait of Manchun? Like what I've known. What he looks like. I don't know. Would you? No, no. It's happened so long ago. Um... We never found that out conclusively one day. I investigated the portrait and I didn't know who it was right. at the time. So. Do we have to figure out that wand? <laughs> the wand that you found? The charred wand. It's a magic missile. That's what it is. Yeah. Might as well got it. For a fight. I have seven blasts with it. And you got your blasted ones. You got some good tools at your disposal. I have a lot of pointy things that blast. <laughs> you. Oh, you do see a statue of one Lord Orgoth, who uh, underneath whom a plaque reads uh, like you're sort of just skimming, skimming through information, and it mentions that he was one of the people responsible for slaying Manchun and sparking the Manchun Wars in 1370 DR. It is currently 1492 DR. That's over a hundred years ago. Is it Manchun or Manchun? Mon. I'm saying Manchun, but it's spelled M A N S H O O. So you see that. You don't see any statue to Manchun specifically, though. And the vibe is very much that Manchun was evil, evil, evil. <laughs> Evil wizard. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it would have been more like a, one of the significant event type statues. Definitely. Um, but you have searched the hero's garden, you have found no statues of a unicorn. No plaques either. No plaques that say <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he likes to chew baskets. <laughs> little basket chewer. He likes to chew everything. I wonder if I could make my own unicorn statue out of ice. I wonder if I could make I'll myself uh, into a unicorn. Liar's Night Party? True. Alter self. Was anybody a unicorn? No, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't do that. Ooh. Hmm. Davis did make a question. character art of Yuri in a unicorn helmet. <laughs> Um, stop. You could be invisible and a unicorn. I am both a unicorn and invisible. Was anyone at our Liar's Night party dressed as a unicorn? Make a history check. Anyone can make a history check. Oh, there. Eleven. Anyone but Rumble. I also got Um, oh, twenty-one. Ooh, Rumble was there. He's just like... <laughs> uh, the rest of you are a little hazy on it. You are pretty certain no one was dressed as a uniform. I remember like it was yesterday. I was dressed like an owl. I was dressed like Julian himself. Aww. <laughs> I think. Yeah, you guys dressed as each other. Yeah. And I remember, I think Chuck, the Chuck costume was like particularly horrifying. <laughs> I thought that... Wasn't Julian the Newt? Oh wait, Julian... Julian, Julian dressed as Newt. As Newton, yeah. And I dressed as Julian. And I, yeah, and Newton was a slightly horrifying costume, I think. Someone had like a very 
disturbing representation of what they were going for. It was Julian's new costume. With oh, Julian strange. tried to be Father Lindsay and made a terrifying. <laughs> that also happened. happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aww. Bing um, Bing was a ghost. What do we think Julian's? Yuri was Freya, and Chapa was a pumpkinhead. Yeah. Um. So, Hero's Garden. Check. Where would you like to go next? The shrines of nature. The shrines. The shrines of nature aren't far. In fact, as you go about this, this is the hero's garden here. The shrines of nature are right over in this area, off the street of the singing dolphin. Is the door open? The door is locked. You come to a much smaller green space. Um, There are trees that sort of shield most of the interior from view uh, from the outside, trees and shrubs. There is indeed a high, 12-foot high iron gate fence that wraps around this. It's sort of at the... um, it's sort of in between several streets, the confluence of several streets. It's not really like the size of one city block, but um, it is just this small nature oasis in the middle of mm. the seaward, close to the walls, close to the sea itself. It's in this sort of quiet part of town. And uh, looking through the locked gate, you can see that at the moment there's a couple of elderly folk strolling about the shrines of nature. There's some people sitting on benches and reading, and you see uh, a real, like, a veritable Eden. There are, it's one of those things, like, even in this fall with this sort of harsh sunlight and um, like brutal cold wind blowing most of the time, it seems like because of all of the uh, shrubbery and trees, this little glade is protected within and that breeze doesn't seem to be as much of a bother and there's a lot of like fruiting trees and flowers and butterflies and other insects sort of drifting around lazily inside and you do see statues um someone can make a perception check oh natural 20 uh, no, not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, you see statues. You see that most of these are indeed of representations of animals and fake creatures. Nice. You see a statues that represent a group of satyrs. You see um, a very small, like statuary that, from a distance, it's hard to make out exactly what it is. But when you look at it for a while, you can see it's actually a group of fairies. So it's done on a very small scale, and it's sort of set into a uh, stone wall. Uh-huh. Um, you see a number of things of this nature, and nature. tucked mm-hmm. into a corner behind a tree. Uh, though you can't see it fully, you can see a set of hooves Ooh. rearing in the air. You cannot see the body of this thing, but then above the hooves you can see just the tip of a horde. Just the tip. How much of it? Interesting. Um, Do I have any flashbacks from this? Is it you like can't a thing see that this. I remember? You can't see this. Rumble can see this. Oh, okay. Rumble. <laughs> it's one of those things because of where it is and where it's located and the fact that the trees are all swaying this breeze, like you only catch a glimpse of it for a second. 
think with a natural twenty. I think this is a good place to look. I think I see a horn sticking out from a tree. Uh, Let's go check it out. That we'll, sounds we'll rather, um, It seems to be a pretty safe area. Yuri drew on some fray to check it out. It's quite pretty in there. Hmm, that sounds like a great idea. Lots of nature to hide in as well. Lots of nature. It is the shrines of nature, isn't it? You can also just teleport in. I look like I belong here, right? I'm from the Feywild. You're always very inobtrusive. Thank you so much. I've always uh, thought that about myself. We could climb the wall and open the gate from the inside. It is the light of day. We, uh... Maybe send Freya. Can't it's really see. That's what I'm saying. Just do a quick look around. We decide that we need to go in after that. We'll still do that. Hold me. Sure. Goes unconscious. <laughs> so I can look through Freya's eyes. Trust fall. You send, uh, <laughs> you send Freya in to examine where Rumble is pointed out. Spank on the bum. And uh, Freya flies in through this. Uh, she fly? <laughs> oh, that's right. I keep thinking that Freya is still. No, no. Freya can easily go through the bars of this iron gate and um, starts to walk from shrub to shrub. Can you make a stealth check? This music is very appropriate for Freya's little adventure. Jaunty little. Yeah, I need to get some, like, Kokiri chorus. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get him, Tiger. It is, this is the same song that we said sounded like Freya early. It's funny that we... <laughs> yeah. She got a 10 for stealth. Okay. Thanks, Freya. Uh, as Freya wanders through this uh, through this green space, um, even though she's trying to be stealthy, there's sort of a, a blasé air about it. Like she's not trying all that hard. And at one point, she is like creeps out from a set of bushes, not seeing anyone. And as, she, as soon as she does, she realizes that there was, in fact, a bench like right next to where she was. And there's this little old lady who sees her just like confronted, uh, like a foot apart. And they just like make hard, hard eye contact. And uh, <laughs> what are you? <laughs> the lady shrieks and says. Monster! Monster! Lions! Oh no. And starts to uh, get up and run away. What do you do? I think she would just keep walking over to the statue. <laughs> and so I. Freya keeps walking. Uh, make another stall check. I'd probably tell her if she gets seen again to like turn into a flower or some shit. Uh, yeah, like Freya can jump into. I'm gonna say if you want, uh, Freya can make a stall check with advantage to disappear into like. A tree, or just like shrub with some grass, or like something like that. Cool. I tell her to do that. Yeah, Freya can become one with nature. So make a cell check with advantage. Thirteen and fourteen. Um, as this old lady gets up and starts to like, she, she's older, so she's not like booking it, but she's sort of like waddling quickly <laughs> towards the uh, entrance. You all can now see this woman start to just like <laughs> start like coming up from around a uh, corner that you could not see, and you see a uh, it looks like a, a worker in the garden approaches her. Um, you recognize this worker. He is a short, uh, gnomish, 
sort of elderly figure with a braided beard, bushy eyebrows. This is Zedekiah Grashman. Yes! No way! Who approaches this old lady and says, Well, what appears to be the problem, miss? Zedekiah. And uh, she goes and shows him over to where um, Freya was. And... Nice. Uh, the, the two separate. The old woman is scared, and she's actually making her way for the exit. And Zed just starts to walk cautiously among the plants and sees Freya for a second before Freya just dives into the trunk of the tree. And he says, Oh, hi, little friend. I'm not going to hurt you. I think you just scared someone's all. What are you? Um, I think she'd come out, especially Yuri's, like, looking through her eyes and... No, Zed. Uh, Freya just sticks her head out of the tr- out of the tree trunk, just like, mm-hmm. and Zed sort of chuckles to himself, like, "Oh, are you cute? <laughs> well, you don't look like you mean no one harm." And she kind of walks over to him and like rubs his leg or something like a little hello, friend. I I don't know what exactly you are, but. I'm guessing that you're just part of this garden. Maybe are you are you from the Fae? She she nods. All right. Well, you be careful out here. There's um a lot of people don't know exactly what you are, and might might freak them out a little bit. So if you see anyone who gets scared, you just go and hide in one of them trees or something again. Okay. Um. All right. Could we hear Zedekiah from outside? Only this is a con- you know you, you you catch a glimpse of Zed uh, walking over and enough to clock him enough to say like oh that's Zed another guy um, but that I, conversation happens uh, out of your shot. Can I go to the door and say Zedekiah? He's a he's a ways away at this point. He's probably like fifty yards away. Fifty or yards. Fifty feet. I'll say. Fifty feet. Uh-huh. I'll give you some some spell bridge there. <clears throat> Can I cast message? Yeah. So I take out a little piece of copper wire and I kind of put it to my mouth and say, So this conversation happens. And I say, I can see you don't be alarmed. And that conversation happens, and uh, as it's uh, winding down, Zed's just like, Whoa! Oh, Chuck, Chuck. Chuck, Chuck, where are you, Chuck? And you start just like wandering out into the middle of the green space. Um, I set the door. Oh, there you are. And he starts walking over towards the door. Uh, Zed approaches. He's on the other side of this gate. He's got his gardener's tools and a belt. And uh, you can see that, like, Kind of where he had been working, there's a wheelbarrow with some mulch in it. Mm-hmm. Looks like this, you, you remember now, he talked about being a, uh, a servant of the city. He works in the green spaces of the city. And uh, this must be one of the places that he works. Oh, my friend. <clears throat> Hello. Good to see you. It's been a while. Uh, yes, I know. I, we've been, whew, we've been up to a lot of stuff, let me tell you that. I, uh. I bet. We, uh. I've had so many friends. I've seen a dragon now. Can you believe? A, a, a dragon? Like a real dragon? A real? Not just like mm. one in a book or something? No. Or a dragon. Maybe you're thinking of a dragon born. I mean, dragons don't live in this city. Chuck Berry. I know, but right outside the city, there's a dragon. And I've seen it. 
Are you serious? Um, I'm. T- I t- I swear to salute that I'm being. Truly, <laughs> y'all getting up to some crazy stuff in this. Seat. I know, and we're all here. Look, 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 look you remember. Chuck, uh, Chopper. Yeah, yeah, Chopper, and cool. did that meet Bang Bang? Bang Bang was a part yeah. of the group. Bang Bang, Course, and, and Yuri, and uh, where, where's Julian? How's he doing with those uh, those mushrooms, those clippings I gave him? I, uh, oh, oh, shit, Jeff, we've been taking care of those. <laughs> oh, I think what? that's Yuri's responsibility, isn't it, sir? Yuri, make a quick, make three nature checks for me. Three nature checks. Yeah, this is going to be to see how successfully you've been caring for the plants. 14. 21. 24. The plants are thriving. Like They've gotten yes. better and better. Yes, yes, um, yes. It hasn't been too long since Julian left, so the, the fungi specimens that you got are... Um, you're not exactly sure what to do with those or if they're doing well, but... Uh, they're, they don't seem to have withered and died, and the plant clippings that you've got have kind of propagated, they've rooted, and uh, they're starting to grow. You've created a little bit of a green space up in your turret in the intervening time. I don't think I can tell him that, though, because I'm deaf and blind currently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sees, he sees you uh, on the, like, being held, and it's just like, um, is Yuri okay? Oh, oh, he's fine, and I, like, tweak his ear. Yeah. A little... You can uh, you can't uh, you can't hear, but you can feel. So when he does that, I can like you wake can up. feel that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that as for you can probably see Zed leave and like go All back, right. so you know what's going go on. back and forth. Yeah. Hello, is that Akaya? Oh, oh, you're oh, were you okay? What's going on? I see. Uh, we've actually spoken earlier. Um, that, that's my friend you met over there. Oh, oh that was you. That's Freya. Yes. That's, that's Al. She's quite cute. Yeah, she's changed. Wow. Gosh. Y'all are y'all are crazy bunch. <laughs> um, well, listen, um, you freaked someone out. I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. Hey, that's okay. She's quite. Uh, you might bring some trouble upon yourselves. Are y'all trying to get in here? Yeah. Oh shoot! Yeah, definitely. Shoot! You should have just asked. I can get you in here. I work for. I've worked in the shrines of nature. I can just say you're my guest. And he goes and like kind of reaches through the bars and pulls a key out and unlocks it and the gates. We're looking for a, a unicorn statue. You, you know the likes of that. Oh, sure, yeah. The statue of uh, Mealiki's uh, unicorn back there. Ooh, we just learned about Mealiki. Yes, it's a nature goddess, I oh, believe. thank you. Now, tell me, though, um, we're not just here for the unicorns at Akaya, and it sounds like you know this place rather well. Oh, yeah, I've been working here for years. Got this job thanks to some help from Romeo, actually. Oh, well, I know Romeo. Yeah, of course. <laughs> You haven't heard from him, have you? No, not since he's left for the Feywild. Oh, shoot. Well, what about, uh, what about Mika? What about Izzy? Well, we bear some ominous news about Silver Starhammer. As a matter of fact, I had a hopefully not, but felt very real, portentous dream of danger that he is in upon a mission for the House of the Moon. Uh, but he he's uh, very strong, and they know about the situation. So hopefully, hopefully everything will be fine. Huh? Well, he, he is strong. Uh, it take a lot to get me worried about Izzy. He's a big guy, and he's uh, very experienced. 
Well, if the House of the Moon calls upon us, we would, um, of course, go and look into it ourselves. Perhaps you could come with us. <laughs> I don't know. This is a busy time of year for me. No offense. i got to do all my cleanups of the various spaces to get ready for winter, and there's a lot of work. It's, it's not just here. Winter is coming. But tell me, um, we've heard rumors, um, as well as uh, hazy recollection on Yuri's part, of a portal to the Feywild. Uh, you see, he came here from the Fey, and cannot quite remember the transition, but thinks he might remember a uniform. Well, that, with a couple of other things we've heard, has led us to believe perhaps uh, that could be here in the Sea World War, and it seems. Well, yeah, no, I'll, you know, I'll show you the statue. I don't know anything about any portals to the Feywild, but I mean. Have you ever heard of anything else strange happening here? Uh, you were very in touch with the plants. Uh, you know. Anything unexplained or mysterious or well, physical. honestly, uh, until I realized it was just Yuri, uh, I thought maybe that creature was. Yeah, there, there is there. There are talk of seeing fairies in this glade and other small fey critters from time to time. Interesting. Um, but I attributed that more to just the nature of this being a shrine to uh, Mealiki and Sylvanus. Those are both gods associated with the Feywild and nature. So, uh, I, I was attributed it to that. I've had a few uh, small run-ins before with creatures. Nothing too sinister or strange, but I don't know nothing about portal. I suppose it does make sense that a place as Fey-connected as this would have a thin veil between here and the Feywilds. Yeah, I don't know much about the, the the veils between the plains are we know that you know certain areas are more susceptible to others and there's sort of like I don't know it doesn't really make sense in my brain that's not sort of the thing that I'm really uh, attuned to I have a about Tibbs question yeah um, would a portal have a magic signature like how could we tell something with a portal um you could always detect uh, magic on something. It would. Uh, you've done this before. You know that teleportation magic bears a conjuration. Oh, we got a cat. No, Okay, that's good. It's very special. Let's say cat's good, but all right. Um, and we're back. Uh, yeah, you know that uh, teleportation magic. There's a conjuration signal. No. You're not sure whether a fey portal would present the same way as, say, like a teleportation circle, which you've already come across. Right. Um, but you can always try. Okay. Um, are we by the statue right now? Yeah, Zen is leading you over there, and as you get close, I'm going to have Yuri make a wisdom saving throw. Ooh. Uh-oh. Nat 20. Um, as you come around this corner and are faced with this statue, you see um, 
the statue of a rearing unicorn. Uh, it stands ankle deep in still clear water. And from the tip of its horn, there seems to gleam a single drop of water-shaped, some sort of water droplet-shaped gemstone. Um, And around the rim of this pool that the unicorn stands in, there are glyphs written in... Does anyone speak Sylvan? Me! So, you two both understand these. Yuri, as you see this, you immediately are just pummeled with images. You see this statue at night, on a moon-bathed night. Looking up, you can see that the moon is full, and uh, you are standing by this statue, and there are dark figures around you, and you feel yourself following them out of this space, out of the Shrines of Magic. You look back with a feeling of both trepidation and longing at this statue. Um, You don't understand exactly in this moment, in this moment of experiencing these flashes of imagery. You just get like impulses, feelings, what you experience in that moment. You don't really have enough to piece together what exactly this means, but you've been here before. Jeez. Uh, but you see this statue, you see the, the unicorn uh, standing ankle deep in water, a drop, a pearly, like, water droplet shaped gemstone hanging from its horn, and uh, in Sylvan, written around the rim of this pool is this uh, poem. Two days, two nights of equal shape. One day of sun and sun's escape. Four days convey to fey plains walkers who step within a drop of water. Can we get that in writing? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Wait, I'm, I'm going, going to put Discord it in, in the Discord right now. This is definitely the portal, I think. It seems on a, like on a certain two, day. Two equal days was making me think also with like Fae stuff of Equinox. Yeah. Which. So there's probably a certain time that we'd have to come here. I think we've passed all Equinox. Have we? I think so. It is currently the 11th of. This is progress. What's yeah, the holiday that's coming up? The Feast of the Moon. I thought that yeah, was... It's like Thanksgiving. Wow. It's currently the 11th of Uttar. I have to assume that fall starts on the 1st of Arvada. Two days, two nights of equal shape. One day of sun and the sun's escape. Well, it could be... Four days convey to Fey Plains walkers who step within a drop of water. Four days convey. So is it like a, you have a four-day period of time? Ooh. <laughs> um, um, I think it's yeah, it's the soul's disease, perhaps. Two days, two nights of equal shape. So like the daytime is the equivalent of the nighttime for the other one, right? And one day of sun and sun's shape. The day of sun being like the summer solstice and the winter solstice, and then 
for maybe it's like the day, you know, like 24 hours before and after mm-hmm. of the solstice, or and that's four days total. So, um, what, what was the day that you arrived? I just remember it was late summer, early fall. Would Sun's escape be an eclipse? Also, the dark figures, I'm guessing, are the fae that I followed to see where they were going. Because I followed them. I saw them open a portal and I followed them through without them wanting them to see me. So I'm guessing it was the fae that are stealing babies, which could also be the same creatures that stole that noble family's kid. Maybe. Oh, sure. And um, maybe also certain Tabaxi. It seems like maybe there's... Jeez. So Yuri definitely um, conveys all of the emotions, feelings, flashbacks that he just had to the group. They talk about a drop of water in the bowl. Um, maybe Fred could climb up on the section and get a better look. The, you said there's something at the tip of the unicorn's horn. You can all see this, yeah. The tip yeah. of the horn, there seems to be a representation of a drop of water uh, carved from a jamstone. Can I try to, like, touch it with Mage Hand to see if any kind of contact does anything magical? Absolutely. Uh, you touch this with Mage Hand. Go ahead and also, if anyone wants to determine what type of gemstone this is, they can make a nature check. Um, and I'm going to detect magic. I like that this implies it kind of works like a Blue's Clues we portal be between realms. <laughs> yeah. We need like, to be proficient. You jump into that. Yeah, like, right right anyone proficient with nature can make a nature check. Oh, I've got a good bonus, but I'm not proficient. Rumble? I'll close that on my character sheet. But there it is. Feels like a ranger thing. <sighs> See, I'm ranger like a ranger. Like a city ranger, ranger though. Ranger, ranger, yeah. Um, Does anything happen when I touch hold it? Hold on one second. Uh, Zen looks up at the uh, at the statue and says, "Yeah, it's one of the more uh, one of the more fun examples we have in this card. I'll also say, this statue is very large. Uh, the unicorn, as I said, is grounded in this pool of water, and it, rearing up, stands probably about 10 to 12 feet high. Hmm. Um, the horn itself going a little bit higher, so that all said, it's probably like 14 feet high. Um, oh. Uh... And it's, it's massive. You think about transporting this in front of a vault, and uh, <laughs> that would be a, a real feat. Not just of strength, but of engineering to get it out of this place and into another place. So there's that immediate reality that you're confronted with. But uh, Zed, as you go up to inspect this drop of water with your mage hand, says, yeah, it's one of the finer statues in this garden. Um, I don't know much about its history, but uh, I do know the that that gemstone up there is a moonstone. Uh, it's it's quite a quite a valuable one. I'm I'm led to believe it's uh, it's it, the way it's been inlaid into the stone itself is is rather. I'm not an expert in this, but it's it's rather uh, intricate and um, refined in its simplicity. Hmm. We could get like a piece of it somehow, or like a piece of the statue, or some of the water in the pool. 
and some kind of so to step with it a drop of water would that be to touch it or to step into the pool no I don't know if any of us are trying to actually go to the Feywild right now but and we also don't know for certain this is the portal we don't know I mean oh you think this is a portal I mean can I detect magic mm. that sounds like I'm asking is that a guy uh, can I detect magic I'm gonna cast detect magic Go ahead. Cool. You uh, cast detect magic. Uh, this statue appears mundane. No magical signature. Doesn't give off any magical signature. Hmm. Can I empty my water skin and take some of the water in this pool? Uh, Zed looks and is like, ooh. Uh, okay, I mean, hey, uh, I, we don't clean the water or purify it in any way. <laughs> Um, you can see that this is like a sill pond. There doesn't seem to be. There's not like an active fountain. Mm-hmm. Um, for you tomorrow. And, okay. and he says like this. This water is mostly collected rainwater. Uh, we. You, you can see that there's like some scum on the bottom of this pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, some algae has grown along the tops and parts of it. There are mosses that have kind of grown around uh, like the base of the statue itself. It's very like beautiful. But it does not give you the sense that this is like crystalline spring water yeah. or anything like that. But you can definitely collect a water skin of it. Just, just wondering if it'd be worth it to have some yeah. of Just in case. Uh, but yeah, it does not, does not appear not to be magical with a detect magic spell. Humph. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Bye. Do you think Bang Bang could identify the stone just to see if there's anything we don't know about it? It's not a bad idea. Perhaps um, later. Good, good choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chapa is going to take ten minutes and brew some tea and cast Augury. Um, and just kidding, I don't care. So never mind. Hmm. Uh, well, this is good to know that this is here, and we can get back in when we need to, but it does not solve our immediate problem. Uh, Zed, uh, we need a unicorn. Do you know where we can find one? <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> Trip with that, however, makes the most sense. Sort of like points absentmindedly at that one. Well, I mean... Right. That's a unicorn. <laughs> it. Um, as far as other unicorns in the city. If you'd asked me about where to find a unicorn in the city, it's where I would have brought you. Sure, sure, sure. Do you sell any souvenirs of this fine statue? I don't sell anything here. The the shrine is not a... The the, the shrines of nature are purely a green space for the inhabitants of the seaward and their guests. Do you think there could be a unicorn buried under the statue? Yes, we could exude it. I don't know this guy, but I would just implore y'all to make my life a little easier not digging around under the statue, please. Um, <laughs> then, I, then, then I would probably get in trouble. I don't want to have that kind of trouble on my hands. I don't want to, you know, be at odds with y'all. We're, we're friends. Is there some sort of garden pass we could use if we wish to contemplate the gardens in the future? Uh... I mean, I'll let you in any time I'm working here. Um, aside from that, I would talk to friends of yours. Do you know anyone who lives in Seaboard? I would ask them. They might be able to give you some sort of pass or talk to uh, representatives of the, the ward to make a special dispensation, give you a key or something like that. Uh, we do, and uh, next time we'll do that. But it's wonderful to know you work here. 
Um, hmm. I don't think we need to get back on the trail, though, unless anybody else has further business here. Do you have any more of that beeswax? I'm dry. Oh, I, I didn't bring any with me to work, but um, tell you what, I, I can uh, I can send some to you, or if you ever want to come visit me out in the fields, board, uh, I'll be happy to give you some. Maybe you just help me out with the yard work in exchange. Mm-hmm. There's always stuff to do with the uh, with the bees and keeping up the gardens there, and I have less time this time of year. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, you can also uh, come by for a bone soup anytime. That'll do. Oh, well, that's good to know. It's sort of uh, sort of on my way when I'm leaving the city. Go up the North Gate and then. Just yeah, especially if I'm in the north. City of the Dead for the day. Right. Straight shot up to the gates. You uh, you work in the City of the Dead. You just say. Yeah, that's right. Have you ever seen any unicorn statue there either? Um, a lot of horses. Can't say that I've seen any unicorns. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a big place. There, there very well could be some unicorn statues I don't know about. Mm-hmm. I only work for a few private plots in there, you know, mausoleums that I help keep up and such for mm-hmm. some of the wealthier folks in town. But yeah, that's landscape art. Yeah, you know, i got to get by. Sure. And uh, this is probably one of my, my more favorite places to work, but it also isn't enough to really uh, pay pay all the bills, keep food on the table year-round. Zed, do you have any insight into what this poem means? Uh, he looks at the rim of the fountain. I mean, there's a lot of these sort of rhyming schemes around a lot of the different <laughs> statues here. I usually, like, I just appreciate them for the sort of, like, I guess they sound pretty, but I've never thought too deeply. I mean, there's, like, like look at that one, for example, and you see there's, like, a statue of three, um, three gnomes, sort of, like, with backpacks on in, like, a jaunty walk, and beneath it there's, like, a little couplet that's, like, three, ro- three low roads ahead of us, there do lay. And on our way, we sing this song. Like, you know, there's like another sort of couplet there that just hmm. seems to imply that there's like something ahead of these people. And like, maybe there's a, a greater significance to the statue. But at the same time, it just sort of also seems to build on a trope of like nature and like cycles of, uh, cycles of life and death. As a farmer, do you know of any uh, celestial events coming up soon? Eclipses of the sort, or uh, any other events in the stars? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, the uh, we already passed the fall equinox, but the winter solstice is coming up. Um, Feast of the Moon is usually the, uh, the, the signifier for that. Could be the Feast of the Moon. We've already had some other clues about that as well. Uh, That's when Izzy Hammer's going to be dead. Uh, may I ask a question of you? Because I have a, I have a gift from Aronio, and I want to know if you have any insight into I it. Uh, remember how I gave you that uh, that flower, that tea flower? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been it's been real wonderful. I mean, I'm. Uh, 
I wish Jeroni was here so I could thank him. That's mm. a, uh, he, he really knows me well to, to get that. It's my favorite. It's a rare tea to find. They don't grow it in these parts. You have to kind of... It's a jungle flower, actually. It comes from the chult regions. Wow. Mm. He's quite a mischievous man, that guy. Anyways, huh, does, does this look familiar? Or do you know anything of what it might mean? That I hand out... I know you show him the brooch. Um, it's a real pretty brooch. Uh, I don't know exactly. I remember there being this uh, squabble between Izzy and Aronio at one point. They had a big falling out. Uh, I remember Izzy saying something about how he loaned Aronio something from the church one time when Aronio was in a real tight spot. Mm. Uh, Aronio promised to, uh, I, I don't know, give it back. And um, something happened there and it caused a big falling out. Um, I, I, maybe this has something to do with that. Interesting. Okay. Fascinating. I'm going to take it back to the House of the Moon to see if they could they could uh, recognize it or... It, it, it has a magic signature I can detect. Oh. But I'm not sure how one uses it or what it would be used for, even. So, yeah, this is helpful. This is not special to you Thank you for looking at it. Oh, you're welcome. Have you ever seen a live unicorn? No. No. I mean... Look, I'd like to believe that unicorns exist, but I've lived my whole life in nature, being out in the woods, <laughs> and um, I think it's more of a nice story people like to tell. I think maybe there were unicorns at some point, but um, or maybe maybe still there are some in the Fae, but in these parts in this world, I don't know. It seems a little bit even for me a little bit beyond the scope of what to expect. Sure. Mm. Hard to believe what you can't see. I suppose so. I guess I'd be singing a different tune if I'd seen a unicorn in person. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Well, where to now, gang? Well, this definitely seems to be the unicorn we were looking for. It doesn't. Well, it, what's, mm, oh, yes, crazy. but it doesn't solve our problem about how to uh, present it. Right, exactly. I wonder if we could have some sort of like trial and error period. I mean, of us going to the gate. We could, yeah. With, say, just a statue that we could have someone at the, uh, at Stephen Steele create. I was also thinking, what if I used the water from the pool to create an ice sculpture of a unicorn? Using yes, for all we know, uh, one more. One more. A representation. Oh, a representation may be Especially if it's using water that's symbolic to some sort of magical. Yes. Message um, way. Yes, going to check out the vault doors to begin with might be wise. Um, 
We have not been there yet. Do we know exactly? We know exactly where it is, right? I mean, we all know where it is. It's in the Sea Ward. You were given a vision, right? Bang 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 specifically was given a vision of the vault existing beneath an old windmill in the Sea Ward. And based on where you are right now, that that windmill isn't too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, show. Okay, so let's go there and check it out. Be worried about. I mean, if we unlock this door and I mean, if it opens, and then we'll drag it on the other yes, side. But we're, we're not likely to be able to open it today, anyway. I think we've got yes. more information. Sure. Sure. Yes. Uh, yes. Let's go there. Unless anybody objects, my only other idea would be to contact Marty Christel and put his sunsweepers um, on notice for information that we might reward handsomely for. As a matter of fact, um, I'll just take care of that quickly. And shout um, casts sending. Um, Marty Cristel. And he's going to say, uh, <clears throat> It's Choppa. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Squad <laughs> favor. Kindly put uh, it's going to be plenty of words. So kindly um, ask your people regarding unicorns or representations yeah. thereof within city. I'm really sorry, I got distracted by my cat. That's fine. <laughs> um, I was counting words, but it doesn't really matter because yeah. I can definitely do it in few enough words. But it's saying. Um, please have your dung sweepers look for or listen for rumors of unicorns or representations of unicorns within the city walls. We'll appreciate any and all leads. Um, send as mail to Hooting Newt. We love you. Thank you. You can reply to this message. After the beat. <laughs> Unicorns, you should talk to Mert. He's uh, spoke about unicorns. Have you seen Sonny? He now come to work. It's uh, been three days. What else has it been three days? Three days ago, Chuck's show at the Widow's Walk. Chapa is released on bail thanks to Merck. Chapa goes to the House of the Moon to Born of Prophecy. Yuri and Rumble, like totally men are on fire. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's been a busy three days. <laughs> it has. 
Um, will communicate to Nightcats. Um, and I can't send a message back to him without casting my second and final second third level spell slot of the day. Fair so Chava is going to um, leave the um, nature shrine and track down one of those like courier messengers we've used in the past. Uh, Make an investigation check. Oh, for God's sakes. Uh, six. Bang, bang, could you help me? You don't see any couriers on the street. Bang, bang. Please. I know it's hard to catch up with them with short legs. I know, they just start walking in the other direction. What kind of check was it? Perception? Uh, investigation. Investigation. Fourteen. Uh, yeah, you, you managed to, it's not like an official courier, but you see like a group of young people. And uh, you go up to them and ask whether they would deliver a message for a small fee. And there's like some nodding. Um, please uh, uh, go to the Downstreetless Guild headquarters and inform um, their president, Marta Christair, of the following message. Uh, hey there, sorry, got cut off. Um, <laughs> not sure what happened, but we haven't seen the Sunny. Um, sorry to say. That one, he's a real scamp, and you should look out for him whatever form he takes. Winky, winky face. And by that I mean I want you to make a winky face at him while he's reading the message, presuming that he looks up. The person, like, shows you their winky face, and... It's okay if it passes a winky face. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, you don't have to do the facial expression. Just give him a note. That's fine. Um... Anyway, um, feel free to send mail to us at the Trollskull Manor. Anyway, uh, goodbye, thank you. Uh, you can mark off a silver shard. Is it like an emoticon winky face, or is it like a picture of Chapa winking? <laughs> it is a circle with one straight line and one sort of like half circle line with a couple uh, detail lines to imply a squint and then like a cheeky smile. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Not bad. Yeah, it conveys winking pretty uh, simplistically, but it's just a just a smiley face. And Chapa's gonna um, emoticons are a thing in this world. Chapa's gonna tip him two copper as uh, okay. um, like, hey, good job on the art. Uh, <laughs> Keep it up. Don't yeah, so this, this youth, this teen, runs off towards the Dung Sweepers Guild. Um, I'll say that you give them the information of which, exactly which Dome Sweepers Guild you mean. There's a few different outposts throughout the city. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you deliver that message. You learn that uh, Sonny has not appeared at work for three days. Hmm. We didn't blow Sonny's cover. Did, like, you didn't fully blow Sonny's cover that you know of. When we infiltrated the Dunk Sweepers Guild, did Sonny realize that we had went through their little basement office? You don't know. Okay. You the city. You left the situation having discovered the snake, having witnessed Sonny deliver the message via the flying snake. Although you don't know where that message was going or what mm. it said, and it, it seems like just adding it up um, after that day, Sonny disappeared. 
Sheesh. Very sus. Um, and after that day, we raided that tower and found the Stone of Galore. Yeah, you did a lot of stuff that day. So it's understandable why you would have maybe lost that thread. But it seems like, nevertheless, it has continued to stay. Um, well, I think we should go... Um, that was the day after Julian disappeared, too. Um, I think we should go to Mert's house yeah. and try to talk to him. Hope he's there. Okay. Um, you yeah. aren't far from Mert's house. You're still in the Sea Ward. Uh, you go, you knock, and miraculously, a little bit past lunchtime, Mert comes to the door. Oh, well... <laughs> What a, what a fine surprise. Have you all uh, got yourself into some more trouble, or <laughs> what do I owe this this visit to? Oh, no. Finally, you've come to visit me at my home. I've invited you so many times, I was wondering when you might take me up on my offer. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh. I thought that was um, a pleasantry. My apologies. Uh, <laughs> actually, no. No trouble at all this time. Uh, you see, we were just, um, we were on a bit of a... Uh, a quest, I suppose you could call it. Um, oh, jolly, jolly good. In this case, nothing like a quest for some young and aspiring adventurers. Exactly right, and there are some objects that we're trying to fetch. A okay. bit of a fetch quest, you could call it. Now, we're looking for a unicorn. Roll an inside check. take that much. The word, the moment the word unicorn comes out of your mouth. Unicorn. <laughs> uh, Mert's face changes. Um, whereas before there was a sort of like jovial surprise, uh, the smile sort of drops. Uh, and he's still listening. He doesn't say anything, but his whole countenance sort of shifts as you continue. Well, that means something to you. Now, I was just going to say that it doesn't mean much to us, except we need one. Now, they're quite rare. We don't know if it's a statue or a specific one or a real one, but I can see that that meant something to you. Tell me about it. What do you know? I, um... What do you need a unicorn for? Um, it's a bit of a riddle. And, uh, between you and me, it's... And all of us, I suppose. Yes, of course. You see... Why don't you all come in off the street? That seems uh, nice. And you see that Mert sort of looks up and down the street as he says this. Yes, that seems quite Ushers nice. you all in. As we're stepping through the doorway, can I take a moment and say a quick prayer and say, uh, Miss Saloon, guide our actions in this important moment and yeah. tap Chuck on the horn and give Chuck a little guy. Particularly our friend. <laughs> Especially our charismatic friend. Um, but Chuck, I'm not sure we want to tell him that we have the Stone of Glory. Oh, so, keep it. Uh, no, I mean, I can't you're just more slick talking than me. You take this. Oh, yes. So, Murph brings you into his home. And, uh. It smells like muffin. 
brings you all into a sitting room. Uh, it is midday. The sun is still streaming through. It does not do any favors for this room, which is coated in dust. Doesn't seem like it's seen a good cleaning for some uh, months or even years. Uh, but it is still well furnished. Um, this is the first time you've been in Mert's home. And it strikes you now, being in there with him, how sort of, of like horrifyingly empty it all feels. Mm. Um, not in a scary way, just in a sad way. This man you know is out about town most of the time and is a masked lord, a very important person in the city. Whenever you've seen him, he's always been very well dressed. He's always been in high spirits. He's always seemed like maybe he just came from tying one on or is about to go do just that. And uh, being at his home now, it's so quiet. And He doesn't have a butler? You've never seen one. You've always come to knock, and you've been to a lot of noble houses. You don't have a Most people, not only do they have a butler, they have a whole staff. But it doesn't appear that Mert does. And as you all come into this sitting room, Mert sort of busies himself making a fire. He had, didn't have one going uh, and says, Oh, you'll, you'll excuse me. Uh, these cold days always sneak up on me. I forget to let a fire sometimes. And he starts to build one in the hearth, and it gets going, but uh, the flue is closed, so a little bit of smoke pours into the room. He has to open it, and there's this little bit of tension and awkwardness as uh, Mert does his best to host. Can I insight on if there's any like real reason for that, or if it's a, just a general sort with of... With the 12 that you roll, something is definitely... I mean, clearly Mert is living a bachelor's life right, right. now. So one of those, like... You don't know much about Mert, you haven't digged into Mert. You don't know really much about his past. He's an older man. Um, seemingly, he's lived a momentous life. And, uh... used to have a history, right? Yeah. Yeah. It seems that there's a history between him and Dernan, and it also seems like they don't speak anymore, although, from what you picked up, at one point, they were adventuring partners. Their renown stemmed from them journeying into Undermountain together, a notoriously fearsome and dangerous place to go. And that's where they made their name for themselves. They delved deep into Undermountain, and they recovered many treasures, and they returned with them. They built their reputations on this. They founded their lives in Waterdeep on those excursions, and now they don't speak to each other. And here you all sit in Mert's home, and these details start to percolate in your head as... For the first time, he hosts you, and you start to see that something's a little off with Mert. It must be challenging to run such a large home with no staff. Oh, well, you could say, uh, you could say it's a challenge. I like to think of my home as merely a place to rest my weary head after a busy day of business and uh, enjoying the finer things in life. 
such as dust. You seem to collect it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, call me out, I suppose. Uh, never been much of a cleaner, nor do I see myself having the time to uh, devote myself to domesticity. But um, I was never such a uh, person for those sorts of creature comforts. I enjoy my drink, but um, I don't necessarily consider myself a uh, home dweller. Interesting. But uh, you all came to me asking about a unicorn, and I'm curious why. Why do you need a unicorn? Uh, What do you know about unicorns? We know quite little. Uh, They are fantastical beasts. They, um... They hail from the Fey realm. They have strong ties to uh, good. Mm-hmm. They are creatures of um, overwhelmingly good persuasion. And um, they are highly magical. They, uh, individual unicorns, possess uh, individual magical properties, no two are the same, though all display a uh, aptitude for abjurative magics, healing magics sometimes. Why do you ask? Uh, there hasn't been a unicorn seen in these parts for for some time. So there were unicorns here at one time? Well, I mean... It stands to reason there were unicorns at any one place at any at any given time. I suppose. I, I mean, they do not reside primarily on the prime material plane. They are creatures of the fae. Uh, why? Why do you? Why do you ask about unicorns? Like Chopper said, there's some sort of riddle we're trying to piece together, and it. Um well, perhaps you could share more details with me, so I might be of service. <laughs> um, would it be possible to use the, like, gift that Chopper got from Fred on my insight up to? As if I had I'm going to say that at this point, other people can start making insight checks mm-hmm. if they want to. You just have to let me, the DM, know that you want to. I'd love to. And it has to be linked to a specific question. So at this point, Chuck's asked questions. And Yuri's asked questions. You can both make insight checks if you like. Would I be able to? At least we're kind of proficient. Do you want to approach it in a different way or choose Well, because Freya gave Chapa the ability to like replace a role. Would I be able to do that? Like, there's a little too much time has passed. You could have done it at the moment. You need to do it before the outcome is determined. Oh, okay. I only got a 10. Me too. Did anyone ask? Did you see any unicorn? Um. I mean, you detect yes. what I'm putting out into yeah. the space is the PM playing Mert right now, mm-hmm. which is that uh, Mert, for maybe the first time, seems a little bit unsure of what this conversation is about. We don't trust Mert. Mert, as a high-ranking member of Harper's, prides himself on being a hub, nexus of information. All right. And uh, it's a little bit telling that in this conversation 
he feels wrongfully here. And what we can tell you, Matt, I mean, the reason we're being so... Coy. Coy about this is because we don't really have the answers or reasoning of what we need ourselves. Uh, but what we do know is that... Well, we're friends, I mean... Of course, and perhaps... Yeah, we can trust each other here, and you can just give me some indication of what it is you're asking for. There's a doorway we need to enter through, and there's keys to get through it. Um, oh, does this have to do with the with the stone of the law? That's what we're trying to figure uh, out. Like I said, we're friends. Um, we share friends. As well. Now, I have uh, spoken with the Black Staff. I have ears around the city. I've heard of your exploits. Don't think that I haven't been paying attention to the Vault of Dragons. Don't think that I haven't been aware of Dagult's cash hidden away for years. Merton. Don't think that I haven't been paying attention to the game war that has been playing out in this city. You will forgive us for being tentative with our trust. Uh, we've been wronged by friends. You're right not too many to trust. Times. I'm okay with that. I think that is wise. But knowing what you know, yes. Let me put it this way, Mart. You tell us what you know. And at the end, we'll tell you what we know. But this time, only, I think we must insist to learn what you know first. You'll understand after. Make a persuasion check. Can I assist, since I'm proficient? You can make it with advantage with Chuck helping. And I say, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Quite. One of my rolls was a six, and the other was a nineteen. Woo! For twenty-three. For a moment, Merc doesn't seem as though he wants to share, but when Chuck leans in, just gives that gentle yes, 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 yes. <laughs> there's a hand that rests on his knee, just briefly, with a friendly gesture. My you, your hand, just. Aww. Uh, and Mert sort of smiles and says, well, you want to know about unicorns? I... That one. I had in my possession a object. It was a uh, unicorn rendered in celestite. Celestite. I had. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What's celestite? It's a gemstone. That's the one we this got is, from you. This is that orange celestite. The celestite, or did you add that? Can we get a little peek behind the curtain? It's usually white. Oh, white I'm sorry for interrupting. It's usually whitish clear. This is orange. Whitish clear, orange. Celestite. Okay. Continue. Continue. Sorry, man. Uh, no, okay. 
I had in my possession a unicorn rendered in celestine. This was a treasure to me that I recovered many, many, many years ago in Undermount. You all know Dylan. I know that. Dernan and I used to be good friends, and we had something of a falling out over this unicorn. I lost possession of it. I believe it to be in a dungeon of sorts, magical place within this city. Have any of you heard of the Blue Alley? We have. Yes. Thank goodness we finally get to go there. <laughs> Let's do a cartoon. Oh, oh! I thought you were doing like a cartoon. What? <laughs> Blue Alley. The Blue Alley was constructed by a wizard many, many decades, centuries ago in this city. He uh, hated adventurers. He devised a space to thwart and vex and ultimately kill them. And part of the magic of this place is that those who venture there become forever connected to it and can have something of their stolen from their person magically, randomly, at mm. any time. This is good to know about. <laughs> Chopper like puts his hand on his shell. <laughs> I believe that this unicorn of mine resides there. I have long lived without it, and I'm okay with that. But there is indeed a unicorn that resides within the blue alley, if this suspicion of mine be true. How, uh, how was this unicorn taken from you? By magical means. It it's just... hard to describe. You go to sleep with all your possessions, you wake up and... There was... Something's gone. It was just... You couldn't find it anymore. The nature of magic is oftentimes mysterious. Hmm. Why was Dernan upset at its loss? Make a persuasion. Hmm. Can I can I help and go? Yes. Yes, yes. you can. You can make, make this with advantage if you want. Okay, that's good. Uh, fifteen. Uh, this time as Chuck puts the hand on Mert's knee, uh, Mert just brushes it off and says, "Ah, me." I don't prefer to pick at scabs that have um, long since 
closed over. Mm. But you had shared custody of a unicorn with Dernan? I discovered this unicorn in Undermountain during our shared adventures there. We agreed at the time that because I discovered it, that it was my possession and we shared in some of its benefits. But, um... Benefits? Such as... Yes, yes. The statue can prolong one's life. Thumb. It has prolonged my life. Well beyond natural means. I stand before you and I stopped counting years ago, but I'm somewhere between 200 and 250 years old. Mm -hmm. This could cause suspicion amongst servants. There's nothing wrong with living a long time. Elves do it. I have just reached the age of elves. Elves do it. Elves do it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's live forever. That, well, uh, you say you've come to terms with living without it. Does that mean that you are no longer having your life extended? Well, in a word, yes. Well, Merch, you know, I think that that's very uh, commendable of you, but it's times like that that the ties of friendship and those that matter to us are the most important. I'll be honest, it makes me sad to know that even after all these years, you and Jernan are estranged and living in the same city with such history. Have you ever thought about reaching back out to him? (laughs) Oh, yes. Of course, yes, I have. No. If only life was so simple. Would that it were so simple. What if you sang your apology in a song? It's a great idea. Why don't you join me? I tried that at one point, but um, singing? I'm not much of a singer, and Dernan's not usually one for entertainment. Oh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Dernan <laughs> loves Chuck. You see, you see, I perform every Ten day at the uh, at the awning portal, and I even have a performance tonight. Maybe you could oh, do a little oh. song about reuniting with friends. Something to stir the emotions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Something Just about don't die alone. Talk to your friends. Forgive your friends. Forgive your friends. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what y'all are planning. I just would ask you, don't. Just do musical episodes. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Please don't push push no, this in front of him. I the friendship or the unicorn. Both. You know, what you say that it's not so simple, but sometimes I find that things uh, only seem so complicated until they're till they're spoken and explained to another person. Tell I don't me. mean it. 
Miss Chopper. I'm sorry. Friends, I, I, I don't mean to be um, impolite, but you all are walking into a very long history, and you all uh, were not there for much of it, and sometimes saying I'm sorry simply isn't what the situation needs, or indeed and I'm sorry it doesn't it doesn't solve the problem. I understand. I just mean just I'll think about it, won't you? Think about what? Well sometimes you know, if I'm sorry it doesn't work, there's something else. I just I I just you know, I think we're becoming friends. I wish you would let us in. And you know what? If you believe that, why don't you all go to the Blue Alley, see if you can't find this statue there. Mm-hmm. If you do, come back. I'll have a reward for you. I will pay you for this service. I will pay you 500 gold dragons. Have you tried to go to the Blue Valley yourself to get it? Is there a reason why it's hard to recover? Make a persuasion check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And guidance. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Fuck. But wait. But wait. Forget what my persuasion was. Fifteen. Go to the blue alley. Ah, oh, fuck. you just say that. If you come back, maybe it'll be a bit clearer why I don't go there. Hmm. Well, that's very ominous. But <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Sounds fun. Well, Mert, um, you're a wily man. Perhaps uh, put on a little disguise and come see Chuck's show. We're not going to do anything or say anything or mention or hint or surprise. Uh, I would not insult Durden's place of business by showing my face there. Well, fine. (laughs) Your face isn't so insulting. No, but my presence is. To him. Plus the disguise, but you know, whatever. You don't have to do it. I'm just just think about it. Um Y'all, I don't think we should go to the alley today. I think mm-hmm. perhaps it might benefit us to uh, do it tomorrow mm-hmm. and uh, prepare our various morning rituals in a way that might allow us to survive this magical death trap. Is there any warnings you can give us at all, Mert? Ways to protect ourselves going to such a seemingly dangerous place? Yeah, come on, tell them what you know. Oh, well, yes, yes. I have been to the Blue Alley before. It is a series of traps. It is a series of ever-changing, ever-molding challenges. It is designed, as I mentioned, to frustrate, to challenge, 
ultimately to kill the adventurers. Who was the designer? A wizard. A wizard by the name of Kyla. C A K A E I L E R. Kyler. 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 Why would a wizard want to, to kill adventurers? You would have to speak to the memory of Kyler to understand that, but my understanding is that as a wizard, he found himself forever sought out by and plundered by and challenged by adventurers who wanted to stake their name on challenging a grand wizard. And at a certain point, he said to hell with these adventurers, and he created the grandest and most diabolical set of challenges with the promise of treasure at the end mm-hmm. to entice them. And he took no end of pleasure in watching them meet their ends. And do you know that the unicorn has found its way there? I'm almost certain it's there. I have looked for it high and low in other locations. There's very other, very little explanation where else it could have been. Mm. I just hope that if we're going to take such a dangerous adventure, it's going to be the unicorn we're looking for. Mm. Do we know where the blue alley is? How we can access it? He describes to you where it is. He says that it is. Uh, it has for some time been gated over because people would just go there and die. Like it's a public, public safety hazard. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but that it is located in. I want to make sure. Okay, right. In the code legal, they call that an attractive nuisance or an attractive hazard. So uh, he says like, so it's, it could be or yes, it's like a pool with no fence around it. Mm. Totally not your fault. I see. Uh, suit. Yes. The blue alley is located off of Ivory Street in, I believe, the C ward. But I just want to double check. I wonder if I could be able to scout this location. They said a nimble bright is able to live inside it. Perhaps the alley will not recognize me as a foe. I don't know about that, but scouting it will be difficult. It is, um, you will know it when you see it. It is gated off. There is a warning posted on the gate advising trespassers to turn back should they wish to live. Hmm. Um, beyond that, it is notable by the blue flagstones that glow ever so slightly. Um, scouting it is impossible. You enter or you do not. I wonder if um, Nuri maintained his link with Freya. When Freya entered, do you think he would be able to see anything? As I said, scouting it is impossible. You enter it, or you do not. Familiars of the magical variety are incapable of entering without their creators, owners, masters, entering first. I fear... This was built by a wizard. He knows all of... Adventurer's little tricks to get around on such things. He designed it in both a 
simple and vexing manner. There is a guest book. When you arrive, you have to write your name in this guest book. If you do not, you cannot enter. <coughs> I'm scared. And as soon as you do, you must enter. Or, or what? There's no turning back, simply. A magical force field prevents you from turning back. Well, looks like we've got a... Looks like we're in for quite a bit of fun, gang. I would not recommend going alone. I would recommend going as a group. If you have any means of preparation, seek them out. Go well rested. Go well fed. It seems the keys to such an important gate um, requires um, keys that were hard to, to, to recover. So it does make sense. The unicorn we're looking for would be one so hard to retrieve. Indeed. And if anything, uh, that gives me some reassurance that uh, if, in fact, this is the specific item necessary, that uh, we may... Uh, finally, for once, have the drop on everybody else looking for things. Okay. But what cost? I mean, if it steals the other keys to the door from well, us in return for the unicorn statue, then... I, I think we shan't bring them then. As a matter of fact, I'd say everybody leave anything that's especially important or irreplaceable behind now. It doesn't seem to matter if it is there. Seems to take it from you. Anything you own, not just anything you own. I will say, um, I do not understand the spells that Kyla wove to take objects away from those who have been to the Blue Alley. All I understand is that there's a degree of randomness to it. There's no guarantee that you will have your things taken from you should you enter. There is also every possibility that you can go back in and retrieve them, as I'm having you for me. Exactly. Right. If we well, need you to defeat the alley anyway, and it steals something that we need later from us, then so be it. I still say we leave the um, first key back at the house. Sure. Um, I believe in any team. I believe in us. So Sounds like a plan. You're going to try to circle back to the shrines of nature. Talk to Zed. Then head down to the owning portal for Chuck's show. Yeah. Right. You have enough time to do that. You circle back to the Shrines of Nature. You manage to catch Zed just as he's sort of getting his things together into his wheelbarrow to head out. Oh, well, hey. Did you, um, did you find who you were looking for? Did you figure out this unicorn thing? You know what? I have. I think we've got good lead. Yes, as a matter of fact. Although it's under some heavy protection. Uh, have you ever heard of the Blue Alley? Can't say that I have. Well, it's a bit of an urban legend. Uh, terrifying and terrible um, trap-filled dungeon here in the city. Hidden oh. within an alley, yes. Um, but we are brave adventurers. Uh, are going to defeat it and uh, gain its secrets for our own, including, perhaps, um, 
flipping the road bar. But to that end, it's going to be very dangerous, and I thought we might come here to ask you if, um, if we could meet you in the morning, and knowing that you're a spellcaster, if there might be any uh, protective wards or abjuration that you can uh, place upon us that might uh, increase our chances. Um, and of course, a uh, portion of the um, treasure that we find within could be rendered to you. This would only be fair. I don't really know any spells that will help in a long-term situation. I am happy to sell you some of my refined honey nectars, and those do provide magical healing and buffing properties. I'll even sell them to you at a discount for the help that you gave me, but I already gave you all some samples. Yes. Indeed, we've got the um, couple of healing honeys and uh, climbing honey and something else that's in my uh, inventory. Yeah. Um, I can, I can sell you some more and like I said, I'll, I'll give you the friends and family discount, but um, what do you want to work for it? Tell me again what the robust nectar does. The robust nectar, if I'm remembering correctly, gives you temporary hit points. But let me check. Do temporary hit points stack? Like if you get them from here. Okay. Oh right. Yeah, we discussed this with uh, yeah the sphere, the Twilight Sanctuary. Um. Robust nectar. Uh, when you drink it, it removes exhaustion, cures disease or poison, and for the next hour, you regain maximum the maximum number of hit points for any hit die that you spend. So, say you were about to take a short rest. If you had the robust honey, it would cure you of any exhaustion points. It would give you, um, it would cure you of disease and poison, and any hit die that you spent during that short rest, you would get the maximum amount of hit points back from that die. So we already have one of those. I think we should, and we have two health potions and one climbing nectar. I think maybe we should buy three more health potions, and we can each have one, because it feels less likely that we would all get a disease no. or something like that, so maybe one is enough there. No. And then, um, yeah, Zedekiah, do you think you might, um, on your way into the city in the morning, bring, um... Hell, I got a few on me right now. I sometimes will stop by the shops and sell these things when I come into town. Um, how many you want? Um, three of the, uh, healing actors. All right. Normally, I'd sell this at 150 for three. I'll give it to y'all for 100. Well, that's a deal. Um, do you think we might be able to, you know, like, split this up the cost? I'll, um, mm-hmm. like, 20 each? Does everybody have 20 gold on them? Yeah. Let me check. I can't really use these, but I don't care about money, so whatever. Um, takes out two platinum. I think you might be able to use them. 
Oh yes, there's still work for you. Um, there's still work for you. Seep in somehow. Yes. You you just have to apply like lubricant in the joints that you see, or maybe in your coolant system. I don't know, or like a varnish. You don't understand how many of this works. You are correct. I don't understand how. You're all working, but I don't understand how we're all working on it. I just know that I've tried this honey in a number of situations. I have tested it on a number of constructs, and it seems to work. Special bees. Fucking magic. Special bees. Fucking magic. I can learn 20 volt, yes. Bang, bang, good. Yes. 20 each. This is pretty good each. 20 volt each. Good. I gave them two platinum pieces myself. You um, get three more of these honey sticks. So everybody put one on your character sheet. And if you search in um, if you search in D and D Beyond, you can add a pure nectar. Minus twenty gold. You have gotten information from Murt that this blue alley likely contains a uh, a unicorn, a celestite statue of a unicorn. Uh, I will say that he tells you the statue is smaller. It's about two feet by two feet. Um, so very much more transportable than anything that you've come across so far. And uh, right now it is approaching dusk on the 11th. Chuck, you have a performance coming up. Hi. Do you want to go down to the Yoni Portal? Yeah, I think we're going to go there. All right. Yeah. You want to make your way down to the Yoni Portal? A crowd is already starting to gather. There have been a number of weeks now. Uh, you're starting to make a name for yourself at the Yoni Portal as mm-hmm. uh, a, a very uh, entertaining act. You've driven a lot of business. As you arrive there, Durnan uh, greets you all as you walk in and sees you, Chuck, and is like, Mr. Finn, good to see you. Uh, <clears throat> we still got someone on stage, but uh, you'll be good to go in about a half hour. Okay, great. I'll go backstage and warm up the old ivory. <laughs> That's what I call my teeth. <laughs> so you've got a little bit of time before your performance if you want to do anything. The rest of you, uh, what are you doing? Um, can I uh, still get to Chuck before the show? Still get to Chuck before yeah. the show? Yeah, yeah. Um, There's no like green room here like oh, there okay. is at the Widow's Walk. You pretty much can like get ready at one of the tables in yeah. the tavern. Let me throw up. Massive You see a few people at tables around start to like, you know, elbow each other and point over towards you and then have like hushed conversations. Lick Lionel's lepid leather. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Red leather yellow. Red leather yellow leather. Red yellow. Good <laughs> <laughs> This is what. Uh, all distracting. He's like black leather, black leather. Black leather. I'm going to be interested that you all chose to go. If you wanted to do something else, you could. No. Uh, Chuck, how long until you go on? About 30 minutes. Oh, how long is your set? About 30 minutes. I think that you usually fill an hour's worth of time. Not one hour. Okay. Um. Does anybody seem to be maybe like 
a representative of Mika Pink's here? Anybody looks um, make a perception check. Bing Bang is always very perceptive in bars. <laughs> True. Fifteen. Uh, with a fifteen, you do indeed see at a table in the corner upstairs, overlooking this, is Gitane. Oh shit! Fuck. Not being especially like stealthy or anything, uh, at one point you look up and make eye contact with Gitane, and she just sort of smiles slyly down at your group's table. Shit! 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 You're gonna uh, cast fireball at her. Chuck, I'm going to wait. Uh, I don't know if it's wings or if it's more of a like in the round stage, but I'm going to wait right here um, by the stairs, uh-huh. by the entrance, and um, just say hi to me before you go on. I'll give you a little ego splendor. <laughs> Not yet. Chuckleberry, you may wish to be aware that Gatane is upstairs. Oh! You mentioned something about exclusivity. You see, I did something rather clever, though, Bing Bing. I did not give her an answer. So I think I'm okay. There's nothing in the rules that says a goat can't play baseball. I wonder. Airpod. I wonder if you disguised yourself and. But they're. I'll cast blindness on her. No, but they. uh, But they're here to see Chuckleberry Finn. I'm gonna give them the Chuckleberry Finn experience. He wants to fight her for you. I'm I'm gonna give them the chuckle. And them all chuckle their berries. (laughs) They're gonna get the chuckle, they're gonna get the berry. I'm gonna get the whole berry. Well, if you need us to, uh, to, to, to. Sub a bar fight or anything, any sort of distraction, burn down any, any houses, you just let me know. I don't think I've done anything wrong. I've not broken any contract. I never signed a contract. I'm just going to do what I want. We'll burn that bridge when we come to it. Zing. We'll send out that fireball when it happens. But bang, bang, I thank you for noticing because I uh, did really did not. It's too busy strumming my lute. You seem nervous, bang, bang. Perhaps we must negotiate based on your different presentations. Um, I've I tried. For Chuckleberry. Oh, you did. That didn't work. But I, uh, the show must go. Show must go on. Show must go. Show must. Show. Well, let's get to it. Let's do that show. They mess with the chuckle, they get the knuckle, as I say. Somebody press the wait button. So, Chuckleberry, because you've done a number of these performances, right? Uh, I'm going to have you roll just one performance check. Cool. Um, any advantages that your party gives you are fair game. Great. If you want to focus this performance on any one theme, if you want it to revolve around any, like one type of thing, or you want to do several sorts of things, you can tell me. Okay. Um, and I will tell you how the audience responds based on your role. Cool. Um, I'm thinking to see, just because I'm curious, I'm going to do my set completely in Sylvan. Oh. Beautiful. Taking it back to your roots. Culture. 
And I want to include the poem that we learned today. Uh, I want to include it and see if anyone... And then try to also do an insight. Or maybe, like, maybe I'll talk to an insightful friend of mine to see when I specifically, like, sing the poem. Does anyone in the crowd have any sort of reaction of any kind? There is not even that. We cry. I still have my people. I can't see anything. Okay. So you're going to sing a... You're going to do a set in Sylvan. Mm-hmm. And you're specifically looking in the crowd for uh, reactions of note. Mm-hmm. I'll keep that. Okay. Um, so this I, is, this yeah. is definitely like Chuckleberry Finn unplugged. Uh, my this, tiny desk concert. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like a lot of this. There's a lot of like candles on pedestals and just like around, like a very candlelit vibe. Uh, it's very Hugo mm-hmm. in the, the 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 growing cold of fall and everything. Um, there's a lot a lot of like heavy beers being drunk and mulled ciders. Uh, go ahead and roll a performance check. Before I do that, can I go to Chopper to get the Eagle Splendor? Absolutely, you can. Here you go, bud. <laughs> <laughs> what is it again? Advantage. Oh. All charisma checks for now. Five. Whoa. Okay, cool. There we go. It's splendorous. Wait, I like to do advantage with two guys. You can choose between any of the utilities first. You know, that's just like you got one of those variations. I got many. I rarely roll this dice, so I'm hoping it's okay. It is the Sylvan uh, aesthetic. Do you want to fly during a performance? Do I want to fly? To levitate you. That could be cool. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Uh, this is a performance check. Performance. Oh, I love my ability for it. Uh, 21. 21. And you did with the Um It is not the best performance yeah. by your standards, but by anyone else's standards, this is a remarkable and very, very uh, engaging piece of art. Um, you're playing more like fey folk tunes in Sylvan, and at first people are there, people have heard about your antics, they've heard that you like that you do juggling and tumbling that you've done some stand-up routines so people are genuinely like unsure what to get with you, that's one of the beauties of your act is that like it's no, no two acts are the same and people are starting to, you, you even like Start to see like there there are some like some chuckleheads in the in the audience people who are like yeah no I was I was back here in on um, like what was I, I was here on the twenty first uh, of Marpanoth and I I did see the stand up set like I I saw it right before he went into the juggling it was, <laughs> it was I've never seen. Uh, I was crazy. Another guy's like, "Yeah, well, I saw him with the other singer. I saw him with the old guy." And people are like, "Oh, wow, we're like that before." So, like the so, Hoffman of Waterdeep. Yeah, there, it, like there, you get a little bits of these snippets of conversation as you're up there tuning, um, and as you start to play, uh, everyone claps, and then it becomes hushed, and uh, you, the party, see as Chuck shows a kind of quieter and more subdued side. 
it's inside that you, uh, that you probably haven't seen him show. And he's, when he opens his mouth to sing, uh, there's the, Faye is an intrinsically a sort of magical language, and um, Chuck's voice changes as he sings in his native Sylvan. Uh, there is a resonance to it that it doesn't usually have, even though he does have this sort of bassy timbre. Um, mm. It's it's entrancing. It's magical. Mm. Uh, only Yuri understands what is being sung about, and a lot of it are these sort of like drawn out ballads, love stories about um, love stories about you know long. Periods of like longing followed by love, and then heartbreak and hardship, and uh, like striving to get back to together with someone that you cared about, but it, it not happening. And uh, thematically, there's like it, it sort of rhymes with the ideas that you were talking about earlier with uh, Durden and Mert, and um, it's not it's not speaking explicitly to like friendships uh, lost and trying to be mended but rather it just hones in on sort of the heartbreak of loss and loneliness and is a a very like moving counterpoint to a lot of the performances that you've offered the city of Waterdeep up until now Hmm. Um, by the end of it there's not a dry eye in the audience Uh, Dernan as well, someone who you've seen display very little emotion, just sort of like is like powerfully trying to like hold himself back from from crying, but his eyes are just like it, like the the there's so much water in them that like it, like the, his eyes are distorted, but like no tears are coming out. <laughs> um, he's just like holding it back by sheer force of will. But. Um, I was keeping an eye out during this performance, kind of looking back at the audience, gauging yeah, reactions. Uh, you can roll a perception check, and you can roll a perception check. Let's get to one or two. All right. Sixteen. Sixteen? Um, one second. Thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. Uh, with the thirteen, you don't really see much. The lights, even though it's like candlelight, there's always that thing of when you're on stage, it's hard to see the audience. Yeah. Um, you do know that your performance is effective. It's a quieter audience than you've probably ever performed for, but you know that it's only quiet because you've like really gotten on the end of uh, like the end of your hook, and um, the end of my hook. The end of your book. And when the last sort of, you let the last chord ring out, there is maybe 10 seconds of silence before you just, you know, people start to clap and it comes like slowly at first, but it just builds and grows and it keeps going. And the clapping probably persists for a good like five minutes. Um, but it doesn't ever it doesn't ever like get to like some sort of like encore type thing. It's just you get people a very satisfying, cathartic, emotional experience, and they're just like grateful for it. With a sixteen, um, you see as like you're looking out 
at the audience. Um, there is one figure, hooded, who was watching at the back, and because of where they're standing and in the light, you never get to see their face. But something about the way that they carry themselves reminds you of when you all were staying in that tower after you encountered the drow. There was a night where you were looking out of the window. It wasn't you specifically. I think it was Yuri mm-hmm. who communicated this to the group that Yuri spotted someone across the square who's just watching from an alley and couldn't see his, the person's face, couldn't see the figure, couldn't really make out much, just saw them wearing this gray cloak. His. Watching from the shadows. And um, that just comes in your mind. Mm. And as all this clapping takes place, like you, you don't realize when you took your eyes off of him, mm. but at some point you did. And when you look back, he's no longer there. Yes. Mm. I could shut a face. Um, didn't make out a face. Chuck, for your efforts, you earn 13 gold. Nice. Nice. It seems like even though uh, people were entertained, something about, like, people were a little bit more, like, drawn in to themselves by this performance. Yeah. Uh, You also, I would say, with the 16, notice that Gatane has a sort of far-off look. And even though she was there to observe this as a sort of third person doing this, probably as a job, um, seems like she was pulled in emotionally as well. Breaking Uh, down that wall. But you... This was another successful performance. Uh, Dernan uh, does not come up to you after the end of the show, but Bonnie does and says... That was that was beautiful, Chuck. Um, Dernan wanted me to tell you that he really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, he just had to go back. He said there was like something in his eye that was really bothering him. Oh, it was a little dusty in here. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think whatever whatever you're saying really got underneath his skin. Mm. But good job. It's good to see you all. Uh, I, I miss. You all, um, I uh-huh. can't say that I miss Troll Skull, but uh, maybe in a little while I'll have her going over for a little housewarming party at my new place. That would be wonderful, and in just three weeks' time, the carpenters will be finished refurbishing Troll Skull Manor. And oh, and you can move back in. <laughs> <laughs> or come I'm, over for I house. love my new place. It's so great. Um, it's or a housewarming party of ours. I feel like I've been living with people for a long time. It's nice to have my own space. Um, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, we miss you. Single girl in the city, just trying to have it all. I like it. <laughs> we got it. We're all single girls in the city. True, true, true. <laughs> We're all 30, 30 and thriving. Do you all want to do anything else at the Yawning Portal? Or do you want to go home? I think we should go. Or do you want to do something else? Yeah, unless somebody, and I don't really think we should, wants to talk to them. 
during it about the unicorn. No. No, I think I'd get fired. Uh, go home and rest. That might be a good move. Given that the um, day is wrapping up, I do want to cast Sending to uh, the Blackstaff and just um, let her know. uh, I'm going to say... Uh, Hooting Newt Heading No, Hooting Newt That's all written Hooting Newt Heading No, 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 no. Hooting Newt This is me writing down the the letter that I'm going to read aloud Uh, Hooting Newt uh, Undertaking Blue Alley Tomorrow. Lead on key for fault. It's 11. Um, any magical protection you could offer. Oh, actually, he says it like offer. Um, good. Understandable. Either way, we will depart after breakfast. End of message. We love you. Who did you send that to? The Black Staff. Blue Valley is dangerous. I will send a student in the morning with a loan item that might help. Be careful. Did you say, sorry, did you say why you were going there? That it was like a, um, a lead on a key to the vault. Okay. Curious about lead. Talk more soon. We'll find a way. Great. So yeah, let's um, go home and go to bed. You can, uh, unless there's something else that anyone wants to do before going to sleep, uh, you can hit the long rest button, and we wake on the 12th of our... I will tell everyone about the hooded figure that I saw. I light a candle at Lyft's altar, just so he knows we love him. We should explain to him that the construction workers are coming out. True, 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 true. Okay, I light the candle and explain about the construction workers coming. Do you saw all these kids living in there? No, no, they never came. Don't be roll, uh, roll a pers- uh, perception check. No. This can be a group perception check. DC 15. <laughs> so, pass. Uh, 24. Mm, 14. Nope. Two. 13. 18. Uh, 15. Um, 
what you three notice and pass on to the group is I that like double. even though a lot of them are broken, even though uh, things are like in a sort of state of disarray structurally, um, over time, the house has gotten cleaner. Windows that were once filled with cobwebs do not seem to be anymore. Um, piles of dust and dust bunnies in the corner have been going away. It seems as though some presence has slowly and surreptitiously been cleaning. Mm-hmm. It seems like the classic ghost butler case. And as you light <laughs> this candle to lift, I've seen this. You see, uh, I imagine that it's before, like there's a like some sort of glass or mirrored surface mm-hmm. by. As you light it, you see almost as if a breath were breathing on it, like just a little bit of fogging that goes away and fogs and goes away, as though. Somebody, something, were just like breathing on the glass very faintly. Can I look through my divination or my card of? You can try. You kind of do it. Hold it up. Um, The card doesn't show anything. Mm. We love you, Liv. We appreciate you. You go to sleep. You wake up. Woohoo! Uh, the sky is slate gray and is threatening rain. Uh, the wind is still howling. Not long after you wake, there is a quick at the door, and you go and open it to reveal a young half elven. Uh, you would guess mage, student, in a uniform that you recognize to be from Blackstaff Tower. This is a, one of the students at the school that the Blackstaff runs, um, who opens the door and she says, I was told to bring this to um, Trollskull Manor in the North Ward for um, members of Force Grey. And she extends a small parcel wrapped in gray paper to mm. whoever opened the door. Probably bang bang, right? Probably. <laughs> bang bang, you uh, received this parcel. Do you say anything in return? Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, that, that's all I had to do. Uh, good day. I, I need to get back to classes. And this girl sort of rounds on the step and, and runs off looking over her shoulder a couple of times, a little bit, you know, taken aback, but excited at confronting this. Uh, this nimblerite, this talking nimblerite. Um, opening this parcel, you find a wand. Uh, at the end of it, there. Hold on. Trollogies. Um, it is made of wood. Uh, I made of wood. Yeah. The handle of it is sort of a carved uh, ball, and it has the symbol on the base of it that you know to be um, enchantment, I believe that is. Uh, 
symbols. Um, and beyond that, the, there's two pieces of wood that sort of coil around each other going up with like space in between. It's kind of ornate and come to a point at the very top. And there's a small note uh, written in the Blackstaff's hand that says, this should help on your journey through the alley. This is a wand of secrets. Ooh. Thing, then what does that do? Can you identify it? I grow worried about using stones. Yuri, do you know what this wand does? I can take a look. Um, I'll say that this note gives you an, ex- an, an explanation so you don't have to use spell slots. Uh, the wand has three charges. While holding it, the user can... And you can add this in D&D Beyond, whoever wants to wield this. Um, you can use an action to expand it in one of its charges, and if a secret door or trap is within 30 feet of you, the wand pulses and points at the one nearest you, so the nearest trap or secret door. Wow. The wand regains 1d3 expended charges daily at dawn. So you have three charges in this wand now. It's a loner from Blackstaff Tower. What, uh, um, can any of us cast it? Anyone can use it. You don't need to, um, you don't need to attune to it. And whoever, someone can just add it to their inventory so it doesn't get lost in the shuffle. But um, anyone can use it so long as it's in their inventory at the beginning of a combat. Um, I.e. like, if you guys are just role-playing or not in a combat, someone can be like, hey, can you hand me the Wand of Secrets? Right. If you find yourself in combat, whoever's inventory it is in is the person who has it. Great. Who? Nico, do you want that for Yuri? Yes, sure. magic wand. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wizard. And what's Wizard, it called? Shit. Wand. Wand, uh, wand of Secrets. What is that an actual item? Or it's an actual yeah. item in D&D Beyond. Wand. That's, uh, that's really most helpful. Um, Secrets. All right, I prepared some spells that I think might be of help today. Um, oh, it's pretty. Beacon of Hope. Uh, I can give a target advantage on wisdom saving throws and death saving throws. And get maximum hit points from healing. Dispel magic. And revivify. That one might be important. And a couple of other little tricks I've got up my sleeve. I got the nimble right detector out of the closet. Hmm, very good. And I'm here. <laughs> and I'm ready to rumble. <laughs> and so I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, well, that's good because today I've made scones. I knew you were going to say scones. Because I said muffins last time. Yeah. Um, Yuri. And uh, who is the least hit points amongst us? That's, I know that that's why I said you are ready. All right. And then who? Um, I have, I feel the strength of at least 37 levels of health. Oh, it's me! (laughs) Uh, Wait, what did you say? Yeah, so it's me and Chuck. Uh, So each of us take three temporary hit points. Whee! Not Chuck. Are you adding three temporary hit points? No, you said me and Chuck, but it's you and you, right? Three people. Oh! Three of us. Yeah. Vibes. <laughs> Vibes. Um, I'm going to leave my alchemy jug here at the house. Okay. Because I don't want it to be stolen. Okay. And same with the bronze dragon scale. 
Okay. Um, Are you putting them anywhere special? I'm going to stash them with uh, party loot in the chamber. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just leave. Um, I'll leave the alchemy jug like in my room, and okay. the party, the bronze dragon scales are going with the party mm-hmm. loot, which is hidden in the chimney of the bathroom attached to Chapa's part of the house. And what should we do about the stone? Mm-hmm. I was yeah. I have a fake stone still on my person. Just in case. Mm-hmm. What happens if you take it out? I will say, in the process of learning about the stone, you have discovered that it is immune to divinatory magics, which is part of the reason why it has been so hard to locate. Mm-hmm. So even if this, even if someone were trying to find this through magical means, you don't think they'd be able to find it. They would be able to know that you had it if, say, so, if, if someone knew it was on your person and then it was just communicated verbally, that would definitely lead someone to you. But describe you. Yeah. If um, if someone's just trying to use a spell to find this thing, it ain't happening. Not gonna happen. You just worry about it getting stolen off you. Yeah. yeah. Fair. We could hide it in a cask in the basement. I guess it seems like well, we maybe it's us. too powerful to be targeted. Um, well, uh, we, as, you know, we're going to defeat this alley anyway, um, so... That's the spirit. Well, I just mean, like, if we can't get... If we can't defeat this alley, we can't get in anyway. Yeah. Sure. So, like, I think it'll be okay. I see your point. Yes. Um, I'm going to leave my the brooch from Aronio and the iron key from Aronio in my room under my bedroll. I'm going to leave my pipe <laughs> on my bedroll. you got to okay. leave my spell book in my room. Okay. I've got Wait, my spell book. You need to have your spell book. Oh, I can't. Just remember. Your spell book is your bread and butter. Your okay. spell book is the thing that you use to, like, cast spells with. They won't take my book, will they? They might. Better hope not. Hope they don't take my shield. Also, I just want to make sure this is communicated else. correctly. The, it seems like the nature of the blue alley taking things is less of a like it's more that once you put your name in the book it seems like at any random moment Mm -hmm. something could poof off of your person and be taken into the I'll, I'll tell you above game just so like there's not too much anxiety over this I there's a percentage chance that someone will have something taken I will, if you guys ever write your name in the book to the Blue Alley, at dawn, roll dice to see if you all are affected. And if you are, I will roll another dice and randomly choose which one of you is affected. And at that point, I will probably go into your inventory on D&D Beyond and take an item out without telling you. That's cool. Uh, so, at a certain point, you're going to, and, and if you try to then use that item and I'm aware of it, I'll be like, check your inventory. Yeah. They couldn't take, like, a familiar, could they? No, 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 that's okay. not how it works. The, the, the magic of it works, I'll say that Mert sort of spelled this out for you. Um, 
Magical items can randomly disappear. And when they disappear, they're being taken to the blue alley by whatever magical contract you're signing by putting your name in the guest book that Kyler devised. And uh, you can always go back there and get it back. Let's hope that Bosworth's uh, Monchi loaned us. <laughs> I will also say this. If you guys successfully navigate the blue alley at any time, if you ever like clear it, every single room, um, I'm not going to make you role play going through it again. It's going to be the type of thing that if something is taken from you and you want to go get it back, you're going to lose a day. But you're going to get through. Cool. Yeah. You know how to speak. And I might, I might have you roll some stuff to see if like any complications happen, but you're not going to like die. We're going to love it that we're it. Good. I'm, just I'm excited. Um, let's party. Let's go to the Blue Alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No yeah. way. So. How are we going to time for like. Next time. Yeah, I think next next time. We'll we'll dive into the blue alley next time. But we will get I will bring you right up to you walk down Ivory Street. And as you do, you uh, come across a an alleyway that is closed over with a thick wrought iron gate that over time has rusted in parts, is sort of not hanging cleanly on its uh, hinges. There is a chain wrapped closing these doors, but you can tell that people have uh, broken into, broken down this door over time. It seems like the type of thing that's been broken, repaired, new chains have been put on, locks have been broken. Like it's seen a lot of wear and tear. And there is a sort of uh, crooked notice on it that says, be warned, citizens of Waterdeep, ahead lies danger. Turn back now if you value your life. And it is locked. Um, Mert, being a masked lord of Waterdeep, gives a key to you all to gain access to this alley. So you do not need to force your way in or uh, try to pick your way into the lock. Spent two hours of gameplay trying to open a door. Yeah. Um, Classic. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna avoid that. You uh, <laughs> you unlock. You take the chain off of the doors, and you begin to walk down what at first feels like a normal alleyway, but after the first ten or twenty feet, the cobblestones beneath you. Um, just before we get too far, I want to cast. Detect poison and disease with which is ten minutes of concentration. If that affects your disposition, how long does it last? Ten minutes. Okay, so I'm going to say that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say that you can take ten minutes to do this uh, before you. Oh, it's one action to cast it. Yeah, lasts for ten minutes. minutes. All right, concentration. Knowing that that's on your mind, I will thirty feet. I will allow you to um, basically release that when you want, Uh, but. Just like when we walk. Yeah. Yeah. Just from a narrative perspective, uh, you walk down this alley, and very quickly the flagstones turn from common gray, white, and brown to sort of scintillating blue with little flecks of uh, sparkling material in it. It gives off this sort of otherworldly glow. And the alley itself is kind of consumed in this pale blue light. 
you soon come to a bend, and as you turn, you see ahead of you there is a pedestal. It's made of some sort of white stone, and atop it there is a thick book that is open, and behind it a quill is set on a small stand. Approaching, you can see that this book contains many, 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 many names. There are many pages yet to be written, but there are many that have already been filled. If you skim back through them, you can see that a lot of these names, maybe like 70%, have a distinct line crossed through them. And there are others that do not. Mm-hmm. The page that the book is currently open to has space for your names. Can, can I look for... Look back to see if Mart's name is in there? Make an investigation check. Mm-hmm. Good call. Uh, six plus... That's a nine. Right? Yes. <laughs> uh, eight. <laughs> you skip back a few pages, uh, and you don't take too long to look, but you don't see Mert's name. Could have been on Vernon. Hmm? Um, shall we? I think, uh, it, it turns out I can cast Detect Poison and Disease as a ritual, so, uh, I shan't use the spell slot for it, but perhaps I sit here quietly for ten minutes, and then we all sign our names and proceed forward. What say you? Sounds good to me. I think we should do it. Good. Safety first. Good, good. Um, so I do that. I will also say that um, you can see beyond this book, the alleyway continues, and about from the, from the pedestal, um, Probably about 20 feet straight ahead, the uh, alley briefly dips down. Like it goes down some stairs, and there's a building wall that seems like it goes down, and there's a small like tunnel that you need to walk through. And from there, you lose sight of where the alley goes. But the walls of this alley, the um, buildings on either side of you raise about 20 feet high. Um, there is about 10 feet wide. And, um, like I said, there's flagstone on the ground. Interesting. Um, let's, yeah, let's do it. Um, so, yeah, we wait the ten minutes. Chopper casts uh, his ritual detect poison and disease, and then he steps up to the book and writes in a very bad handwriting, Chopper. So, as you all, do you all write your names in the book? You do it. I do. One by one, you write your names. And as that last name is written, I'll also add, this ink doesn't have a, or this quill rather, does not have an ink pot. It just seems that ink magically flows from it as you write. And each one of you, as you write your name, one by one, when the last letter of your name is written and you lift off, something changes in the space. You can't quite put your finger on it. It's almost like maybe the barometric pressure shifted or like 
someone or something walked behind you very quickly. But you do sense something distinctly has shifted. And once all of you have written your names, you feel a sort of movement of air coming from the alley that you did not feel before. Almost as though something perhaps was preventing the wind from flowing now that it is coming freely. And that is where we will end for tonight as you all look down the barrel of the blue owl, hoping to plumb its mysteries and discover the Celestine unicorn that once belonged to Merck. Uh, what mysteries await?